gosh. You don't know how hard it is having to follow Art Bell. We have a great show for you today. This is Midnight in the Desert. Today is Monday, June 29th, 2020. I have a really exciting lineup of guests or maybe one guest if we're interesting enough for what you know, some people will say is the most interesting person in the world. So uh, get ready for that. We have John McAfee, no, none other than John McAfee joining us. Do I have to give you a bio? He created this uh, antivirus software you might have heard about uh, called uh, McAfee and, uh, and then moved on to go all over the world. I think he identifies basically as a pirate. We're going to find out where in the world. Last time I had him on, it wasn't that long ago. He would not reveal his location. Today, we're going to see if we can get him to reveal his location. And also, we want to talk about what I just found out about. And we're just going to bring him on without much delay, okay? And then and then I'm going to be giving out the phone number. In fact, I'll give out the phone number right now. Uh, oh, I'll give out the phone number right now if I have it in front of me. That's 844-912-1333. You can call that mm, maybe like um, uh, 30 minutes or so and get yourself in line. I, I say 30 minutes because I got to get the thing connected so everybody will queue up. And then, like I said, if we're interesting enough, we can get John McAfee to sit with us to sell the second hour. So without further ado, hey, John, what's going on? Well, uh, I'm uh, enjoying myself already. It's um, uh, a little after seven in the morning where I am, and um, uh, I'm uh, happy to be awake at this hour. I haven't been awake at this hour for uh, many years. Really? For years? And you did it for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I heard just actually from you right before the show started that you actually, you said, Oh, I haven't talked to Art Bell in years. Did you know that Art Bell is no longer with us? Oh my God. I did not. I hate to break bad news to you. Oh my Lord. I I have not, uh, I don't get out much. When did this happen? You know what? I, um, I believe it was in 2000 and um, actually, David, are you there? When, when did Art, Check out. I have to look it up on his Wikipedia page. You know, he yeah, was unfortunately, here. Unfortunately, it's 2018, guys. 2018. 2018. Wow. I did not know that. I talk, Last I talked to him, I think it was in 2016. Um, if he seemed quite uh, with us at, at that point. You know, his voice and my voice uh, was kind of like a dance together. <laughs> um, and um, I am I'm saddened. To, to hear that yeah did you actually join him john on this show the midnight in the desert show because that's what he would have been no doing. it was i think I, I can't remember the name of it, it was something like uh, last train to midnight or so or, no not that that was someone else i'm not sure what the name of the show was i i'm i'm sorry i don't keep up with with names of shows no that's uh, all right was, i was i was it was in curious. 20 it was in 2016 that's that's all i remember what do you uh, remember about Art? I mean, do you have any words to say about him? Well, his voice was the most soothing thing uh, that I had heard the day that I spoke to him. And um, I don't know, just very, very insightful questions. Um, yeah, very, very polite. Um, 
didn't interrupt me like most people will. You will because I ramble. I'm I'm an old man. We we tend to ramble, um, and uh, it, was, it was a very memorable show. Although I can't remember exactly what we talked about. I think we talked about privacy, uh, its importance um, uh, to everything in life. Uh, it's, that's sort of my uh, my hot button is privacy. But yeah, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, he was really smart. Um, he was a really smart guy. He had he kind of knew uh, almost everything about everything. So anyway, um, well, that's great. It's it's uh, it's it's great that you actually were on that show before. And and now I want to ask you: the last time I spoke with you, John, you were in a tinfoil lined room, a Faraday cage, and you were on the run. And you said you were on the run from. Uh, Okay, hold on once. That's uh, just on my end. It's not on the radio. Sorry, my wife is telling me that my audio is going out all screwed up, but that's not important for the radio show. So where are you at now? Yeah, and were and were you ever? I mean, what happened? They stopped chasing you, or? Well, no, no, I'm still being chased, and and even though I'm, <clears throat> I've uh, told a few people uh, where I am. I'm actually in Belarus, and I've told the world. Um, and I'll, I'll make that public in about a month. Uh, we'll be making an announcement of major importance. But I'm still in Faraday cage. It's just not tin lined, uh, as you can see behind me. It's um, um, a nice uh, sound baffling. But um, to know a country uh, that a person's in does not tell you where that person is and doesn't give you the ability to collect them. Well, plus, it's very difficult for America to collect anybody from. <laughs> from Belarus, if you'll excuse my chuckle. Is is that why you decided to go there? I was going to ask you why you picked Belarus. Is it harder for the U.S. government to get in there and, and pick you up or what? No, well, absolutely. Keep in mind, Belarus is an ex-Soviet uh, Union country. And um, uh, they're under no circumstances going to cooperate uh, with the United States uh, over anything. Can you get there by boat? Is that how you ended up getting there, or are you allowed to fly now? Um, well, no, you can't get there by boat. And in fact, our boat was was confiscated in the Dominican Republic when uh, Janice and I were arrested uh, last uh, July. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's how long the American uh, arm of quote justice is uh, chased us from the Bahamas to Cuba and from Cuba. Uh, that was the strangest thing. I mean, they actually strong-armed Cuba, um, <clears throat> trying to get Cuba to uh, return us to the U.S. And uh, Cuba refused, but they <laughs> they told myself and Janice we had uh, 72 hours to leave the country because we were now a serious problem for them. But see, at least they said no. Uh, we were four and a half days at sea, and... Um, went to the Dominican Republic, didn't tell anybody where we were going, uh, pulled into port, and we were arrested before we could get off the boat by internal security from Dominican Republic. And they said, you, we're sending you back to America. Um, but this is not my first rodeo. I, I, I managed to get a call into two lawyers uh, in the Dominican Republic that I knew. And four days later, we were let out of jail and uh, asked where we wanted to go. I said, England. 
And then we went underground. We've been underground ever since. And, and like last time I talked to you, you weren't able to tell me where you were. Now do you want to tell me where you were last yeah, time? Yeah, we're, 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 we're in Belarus. And, oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't tell you before because, well, I don't know. I, I wasn't entirely sure that uh, if I would get any protection from Belarus. But um, the government's been very, very kind uh, to me and very helpful. Do they um, let you bring all your guns in there? Like, are you no, able to... Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Um, however, um, we, did, <laughs> we did still acquire guns when we got here. I, I, I am naked without a gun. I'm sorry. Um, but um, no, no, we had to, had to leave those behind. Do you have any Black Lives Matter? I don't know why this question came to my head. Do they have any protests? I was thinking of you being armed, and I was thinking about people get, coming out of their house with guns to try to scare off Antifa and stuff. You don't have any problems like that in Belarus, huh? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. no. Uh, the government keeps pretty tight control over its citizens, and, and, uh, and Belarus is never locked down by any standards it was um it ignored the rest of the world and we had no problem with we had no more problem with the coronavirus than anybody uh we've we've been going about our business we've been doing whatever we got stuck in spain for a while we went to visit friends and holy shit that was the most locked down country in the world uh, so we finally escaped from spain um and um thank god I got back here to Belarus and we were free again. Free, free in an old Soviet. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Right. It's hard to say. <laughs> and while we're free in Belarus, America uh, demanded its citizens go inside and lock their doors in most cities. I mean, isn't that strange? America, the land of the free, you may not leave your house. And Belarus, ex-Soviet Union, goes, eh, go about your business. It's your life. You know, if you want to risk whatever, risk whatever. Um, you're responsible for yourself. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. That sounds pretty nice. I, I know. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy? I'm not. Uh, listen, <clears throat> I am not a fan of communism by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, people, <laughs> not that communism, well, it's actually still here, but not supposed to. Be. But anyway, um, no, not a fan of that at all. But at the, on the other uh, side of the coin, you are responsible for yourself here. <laughs> Listen, you know, if you want to do something, do it. Uh, you got to bear the responsibility for the results. You want to come out during a pandemic, come out, your business. Uh, everybody did. And we had we had fewer deaths from coronavirus than anywhere. I, I think the reason is because there were absolutely no uh, ventilating machines here. Ventilators. Do you mm -hmm. realize that nine out of every ten people in America who went on the ventilator died? Well, there were no ventilators here, so we had few deaths. A lot of cases. Everybody got sick, but nobody died. Interesting. Does Belarus border? Russia too is that right? Because they had a pretty bad. Apparently, they had a pretty. Bad <coughs> oh bullshit! Period. They didn't have a bad nonsense. Utter fucking no. nonsense. Well, yeah. all the you know the numbers and stuff. People all tell me the numbers are all fake, but they did. They well, have. No, listen, like, let's uh, talk numbers. Let's talk numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for example, 
Um, right now, over half a million people worldwide have died from coronavirus. The, the press goes, oh, staggering numbers. Uh, please, people, this is worldwide numbers. Um, do you realize how many people die every year from pathogenic diarrhea, meaning diarrhea you get from touching somebody who has uh, the bacteria that causes it? Gross. Two and one half million fucking people every year. Excuse me. May I say fucking? On, on as long as we're not. A, yeah, we're not a real radio. <clears throat> okay. I my apologies. My apologies. Right. I don't want. No, I don't want to get. I, I will pay your fine if you get one. But anyway. You know what? It's pretty uh, early in the morning. I don't think any children are. I won't do it again. My apologies. I keep forgetting that. You know. We want you to be yourself. That's the only thing. I don't want to crimp your shit <clears throat> or anything. So. Okay. So now, no. Two and one half million people every year, every year, die from pathogenic diarrhea, which you get from touching someone else who has it. Uh, and people who have it don't even know they have it until suddenly they get it. And I mean, they, you, you're sick for weeks before it happens. So, so what do you do? Year, like, you shit yourself to death, or I mean, what is what happens? Dehydrate. You had die of dehydration. Google it. Trust me, people. I'm not making these numbers up. Uh, how many people died from the flu last year? The flu, just the flu. 730,000 people died last year from the flu. And you're talking about coronavirus, let's lock ourselves in. It hasn't even touched the flu yet. And it'll never reach the, the diarrhea part. And we, we ignore these things. Do you understand that this was not a pandemic, people? This was a f news event, a media event. The media is what scared us. Oh, my God, China's got this terrible thing. And they're all over it. And, and leaders around the world are forced to do something because the media has panicked the sheep. Now, the sheep are in panic. Um, I don't know if sheep actually stampede like cows, but they might. Who fucking knows? Um, I'm sorry, I'll stop with the effing. Um, they might. Uh, and therefore, leaders have to react in order to get reelected the following year. However, in spite of that, two-thirds of the world refused to lock down. And in spite of no lockdown, we've got, what, in seven months, uh, uh, half a million people have died, and, and we're going, oh, my God, that's horrible. Well, yes, it is. It is. I'm not trying to be, <laughs> you know, uh, insensitive to loved ones who've died but please if you want to call this a pandemic then please let's lock ourselves in from diarrhea let's lock ourselves in from the flu flu's killed more diarrhea's killed five times more in the same period of time people please let's just wake up and realize that we just panicked and we stampeded so uh, what do you think it's all about like so they say they locked us down because there's no other way to stop the spread of the virus. And some places didn't like Sweden and they're kind of doing better. Although, you know, per capita, supposedly they're not doing that great, but what? Oh, bullshit, bullshit. Sweden, Sweden, 11,000 people have died in that country from, okay. You know why Sweden? Because it's the furthest North of the, one of the furthest North. And this is a cold weather virus. The flu kills 10 times more people in Sweden than it does in America. Can we please get our facts straight? Fact is not, a, a number is not a fact. A number is meaningless unless it is relative to some other numbers, people. 
I mean, 10 people have died. If that's in the world, well, that's meaningless. If it's 10 people have died in one house, well, that's 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 big deal. So numbers mean nothing without some relativity. No. Yes, of course, more people died in Sweden. More people died the flu in Sweden. More people die of every cold weather virus in Sweden. Hmm, it's just a fact of life. That's a good point. Um, it, that is a pretty good point. <clears throat> um, tell me this then. Lots of people have different theories about why. And you say it has to do with re-election, but actually it's Trump is trying to go the opposite direction to get reelected. So what, what do you think is behind it? And then uh, we'll ask for your commentary on Bill Gates, since he's kind of like a contemporary of yours. And now he's somehow the guru, you know, he's some kind of medical expert supposedly, but in any case, what do you think, the, the broader agenda is, or is there one? I mean, it, a lot of people talk about control, that they just want to control us. I mean, is that what you think it is? Well, it's, it's okay. This was an opportunistic thing for the press. It starts with the press. Hmm. The press goes, oh my God, China, there's a virus. It might've been out of a Chinese lab. China has locked down Wuhan. Um, people. First of all, this is an airborne virus. Now, there are all kinds of viruses. Polio, for example, was a virus, but it's waterborne. You cannot get polio uh, from breathing the same air in the same room with somebody else, or even hugging them in bed. It can't happen. You got to drink contaminated water. Sorry. Um, uh, but no, coronavirus, all variants of coronavirus are airborne, and they're viruses, not bacteria. They're they're 10,000 times smaller. If you sneeze a bacteria, well, within 20 or 30 feet, it's going to fall to the ground. It's heavier than air. If you sneeze a virus, it can be blown 2,000 miles. So now, <clears throat> the Chinese are not stupid people, are they? Uh, they know it's airborne, and yet they barricaded the city of Wuhan. Now, then China locked down did they no they locked down two cities representing less than one percent of their population people less than one percent the rest of the country went about its business without masks even went about their business drinking on weekends and dancing if the chinese do dance which they do i've seen it um yes one percent now if you look at the world let's you want to talk statistics let's talk statistics uh, first quarter uh, economic reports from every country in the world, every country in the world had a GDP that declined from the first quarter of the prior year by between 8 and 18%. What did China? Increased by 6%. The only country in the world whose GDP increased. So while we are locking down China's still building its war machines, its factory outputs, whatever, whatever. So they benefited. <clears throat> was that purposeful? I don't know. Uh, I doubt it. But what was purposeful was the press going, ah, this is terrible people. People are dying. Um, well, and, and let's look at the people who died, shall we? No one, no one under the age of 50 with the exception of 17 possibilities worldwide, died from coronavirus. 
And the ones that they claim died, one was a prison guard, 460 pounds. Um, no, please, uh, in her 40s. One, a teenage boy that they later found was uh, contaminated with drugs. Uh, an infant, possibly, worldwide. So your chance of dying from this thing is zero unless you're over 50. And if you're over 50, very few. Over 60 more, most people were over 70 years old, like me. Mm -hmm. So, hey, oh, you know what? We have to, <coughs> we're going to have to go to a break, but just real quickly, are you like, would you be worried about catching coronavirus given that no. you're in the demographic? No, of course not. No, because it's less deadly. I'd be more worried about catching diarrhea, for God's sake. Because it's more likely to kill you, basically. You're <laughs> more likely to get it. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And you know what? You smoke cigarettes, right? Of course. You know that actually, while well, there are studies in France at least. And it I does help. Yes. No, it, it's the coronavirus cannot exist in lungs filled with smoke. Isn't that yeah. wonderful? It, it no, is. it's the truth. Yeah. Not just France, China. In China, though, there was a horrific study. They found that no smokers died. Nobody who smoked a cigarette that got it died. In fact, most who had smoked cigarettes and got it had the mildest of symptoms and the shortest duration because virus can't live in cigarette smoke. I know. It's brilliant. All right. So, this is a great So that's why I'm not worried. I, of course, I smoke. I'm, I, don't, I can't die from it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, you shouldn't be. Um, anyway, this is a pretty amazing show so far, <laughs> if I dare say so. So we're about to go to commercial break. This is Midnight in the Desert with me, Nathan Stoltman, and we have John McAfee here. And I am going to ask about Bill Gates to see if, you know, these guys were contemporaries, <coughs> maybe, have, maybe even had beef or something. So we're going to find out about that too. In any case, we'll see you on the other side. We'll be right back with John McAfee in the desert with host Nathan Stoltman. Now, back to Nathan. Yeah, but that's all right. We're coming back from break. This is Midnight in the Desert. We have John McAfee joining us today. He might stick around for phone calls. So if you're ready, go ahead and call in to um, area code, well, 844-912-1333. That's 844-912-1333. We're going to take calls after the next break if John sticks around. So I promised that I would ask you about Bill Gates. Do you have any juicy stories for us about that guy? I mean, <clears throat> no, actually I don't. I, I met Bill one time in 1985 um, in Seattle uh, at a party. Uh, maybe spent less than an hour talking to him. The only thing I know about him is that I'd rather drive a nail through my foot than to have to spend another hour with him. Uh, the most boring man I've ever met, but I don't know him other than that. I know, so I, I know nothing really about him. I do know this, that whatever you hear, see, uh, watch, uh, uh, about him, even if he's speaking himself, um, you still know nothing because listen, he ran Microsoft, one of the world's largest companies. What's that based on, uh, secrecy? <clears throat> deception of because you have to be deceptive uh, you have competition you can't let your competition know what you're really doing so uh, there's as much disinformation as possible that you put out do you think it's any different now um, so whatever you think he is doing I promise you he's not <laughs> so and I do not have a clue 
uh, what that may be, uh, since I do not know him. So I, I don't like talking about personalities because I know enough about the world to know I don't know people. Right. Um, right. Anything enough. else I'd be happy to talk about. No, no, fair enough. When you were working with, you were working with Microsoft though, kind of, not to get into Bill Gates or anything, but just because I'm curious, you were might working with Microsoft directly when you were doing the <coughs> virus protection. Right? No, 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 absolutely not. This was yeah. this was uh, two companies before. I was um, uh, head of engineering for a company called Logical Business Machines in um, Cupertino, uh, Silicon Valley in California, mm-hmm. uh, and we built. Um, we were one of the the clone, one of the early clones of uh, the IBM PC, early clone manufacturers, and so we obviously uh, had to use Microsoft operating system, Microsoft products, Microsoft Word. Um, does Microsoft still have Word? Probably. Anyway, um, and so yeah, and so we went up to. We were one of the major. Um, uh, vendors uh, of Microsoft products, and so we're invited to a, uh, to a party. Uh, not everybody. Uh, I was the head of engineering. No one lower than me <laughs> would have been invited, I guess. Anyway, um, and that was it. The only time I've ever met the man. And he was really the most boring human being I have ever encountered, and I was so happy uh, to leave that party. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess, you know, when you're hanging out with the nerds in Sil- Silicon Valley is a different kind of place. It's not exactly where you go to have parties, right? Were you ever? Oh, no. Silicon Valley is a different thing. Silicon Valley. Oh, hell yes. You go to Silicon Valley, they have parties, but not Seattle. Keep in mind, Microsoft is not a Silicon Valley company. I'm sorry. Uh, he was isolated up there in the far northwest uh, where it's cold and uh, there's no society and there's no intellectual uh, environment other than himself and the people that he hired um so no no in silicon valley good god almighty you had people like steve jobs most exciting motherfucker i've ever met um wozniak and um uh, just the whole the whole environment um so do you was, think Steve uh, Jobs, some people think Steve Jobs is kind of part of the system and everything, but I tend to think, well, I use Apple products for one thing, <coughs> you know, I do, and I do appreciate the stuff that came out under his stewardship and stuff, but you met him in person. I mean, what do you yes, think? Yes, absolutely. Do you think he's a true visionary, like everything. Oh my God, that? was he, of course he was a true visionary. Mm-hmm. Wozniak even. You know, uh, although not as as outgoing and was formal reserved, um, but Steve was fuck yes, an incredible human being, and and one of the great losses uh, to the world when he passed. Um, but not just him. I mean, and I mean, and even people like Larry Ellison. Okay, now uh, Larry. Uh, not the sort of person I'd want to hang with, but not because he's boring. It's the reverse. It was way, way too much uh, the other way. Uh, Larry Ellison, the head of Oracle. Yeah, Larry Ellison, Um, I was going to tell my audience, head of Oracle and for some time the richest guy in the world, at least on paper, right? Yeah, that's on paper. I I worked at... Let me tell you you a story about Larry Ellison. Yeah, 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 Um, great. so Larry always had the the fastest cars, and so he had bought, um, purchased uh, the latest Porsche. This was in when was this? 1993. So he was, and he always traveled a hundred miles an hour on the freeway. And and the cop was trying to stop him one time, 
uh, and the cop chased him 11 miles uh, on Highway 80 to his uh, office. Uh, while he was in his car, he called the, the resident lawyer who met him in the parking lot at his parking spot. Um, uh, Larry got out of the car. The lawyer went and dealt with the police. Larry did not even speak to the policeman. He just walked <laughs> into the building. Now, that's Larry. <clears throat> I can't imagine Bill Gates ever doing anything like that. Uh, now, it's over the line by any stretch of the imagination. However, you cannot call that man boring, can you? Right, exactly. Yeah. No, <laughs> you never had a setup like that, huh? Where you could just turn things over to somebody like a I partner. could easily have done that, of course, when I was the uh, you know, founder of McAfee. Right. Um, but no, of course not. It's not my style. I'm much more conservative. I'm much more respectful. Well, I've been I've been in jail 21 times in 11 different countries. I understand the power of the law. So I'm the yes sir no sir sort of man. Would you rather that? Would you rather that that stuff hadn't happened to you? Or no, of course you, not. I okay. would not change a single event in my life. Nothing. I mean, including losing my multi-million dollar yacht in the Dominican Republic when it was confiscated, uh, being arrested, and now Janice would have changed that. She was, by the way, Dominican Republic jails, for those of you looking for a jail experience, uh, I cannot, uh, under any circumstances, recommend uh, Dominican Republic jails. They are at the very bottom of the barrel. Um, I, so, I thought I, mean, I saw a picture of you, though, hanging out in jail. Where was that picture where you looked like you were kind of just relaxing in there? They were that was Dominican Republic. You noticed there was, no, there was no mattress or blanket on that bunk. It was just wire that I was sitting on, right? No toilets, no running water, uh, shit in a milk carton in the middle of the floor. I mean, this, and it was not, nevertheless, I'd been in jail 21 times, so I go, eh, piece of cake, this is where I am. Uh, let me, that first night, okay, so we were arrested, not just Janice and I, but my entire staff. And so uh, I, was, uh, I was in a cell with five other of my staff, and one of them, uh, a gentleman from, um, uh, from Haiti, uh, who was a deckhand on the boat named Coolio. Okay, now, Coolio is very cool. Uh, all the girls liked him, very handsome young man in his uh, late 20s, I think. Um, so anyway, so we were getting getting ready to sleep, and Coolio takes his pants off, and he's got Mickey Mouse underwear on. <laughs> so I go, whoa, Coolio. I never noticed how cute uh, you were. I said, uh, it may get cold tonight. Do you mind if I sleep with you? <laughs> and, so, and everybody just burst out laughing, except for Coolio. Um, and I, I joked with everybody all night long. I was having a blast. I don't care where I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it, people. <laughs> I'm not wasting a second of my life because people just might be. Yeah, like all, the other people. Might be all that we have. Might be all we have, just this life. Probably everybody who got to spend the night in jail with you is, you know, now they go out right away and they say, oh, my God, I was in jail with John McAfee. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Listen, uh, 
uh, two of them were my security guards uh, from the Bahamas, and they'd been right. in jail more times than me. So no, I doubt that they were going to brag about jail time. And are you like? Do you think you're going to wind up in jail again? ever or do you think you're done with well that? if it happens this time it'll be forever because it'll be the u.s that that does it and they just want to silence me listen i haven't paid taxes for 11 years every single year for 11 years i've sent notes uh, recently emails to the irs saying uh, john McAfee, here's my social security number i'm not i'm not filing a tax return this year you know where i live now i've already paid over 50 million dollars in federal income taxes, and I promise you people, I have not uh, received uh, $50 million worth of services (laughs) from our government. In any case, uh, I believe taxes are unconstitutional and illegal. We didn't have them uh, before World War I, uh, and we were thriving. Um, They passed the tax law in 1913 uh, in order to fund World War I. Um, with the uh, with the explicit uh, statement, we will uh, repeal this at the end of the war, right. and the tax rate was two percent max for everybody. Okay, yeah. and everybody complained about that, but still, uh, all right, um, they never repealed it. The tax rate's now fifty percent for some people. Do you understand? So I just stopped paying. Not doing it anymore. Uh, for eight years, they didn't bother me. Two and a half years ago, I started speaking on international stages, London, uh, Bucharest, uh, Stockholm, uh, Hong Kong, Beijing, um, all over the world saying, people, you don't want to pay income taxes? Here's how you do it. You use privacy cryptocurrency like Monero and distributed exchanges. Um, You'll never have to pay another penny because no one will ever know anything about your finances. Get paid in crypto. Listen, I don't have a bank account, people. I don't have a credit card. I don't have a checking account. I don't have cash. I haven't seen a dollar bill or a single piece of cash in two years. I don't use it. I'm entirely off the grid in turn with, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of others of us around the world who have formed a new economy completely separate from the dollar, the yen, the pound, and we're thriving, people. We are thriving. I, everything I, if I work, I get paid in crypto. When I want to buy food, I pay crypto. When I want to buy a house, I pay crypto. Car, bulletproof vest, shoes, everything in the world. Now, is it convenient? No, heck no. It requires a lot of work. You got to Google. I mean, you all know, Jesus said, we've got to. I want this and whatever it may be. And uh, so you have to Google it for half an hour, maybe. Ah, here's a place in uh, uh, Romania uh, that sells that part uh, for mm. crypto. Thank God. Uh, then you order it and they ship it. Do you have to go on the dark web or anything to find some of this stuff? Or is it all available? No, no, no absolutely not. You don't want to buy anything on the dark web, people. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean, because most much of the drugs you buy in the dark web are fake by the time you get them. I mean, it's just uh, inositol or flour or something. Um, 
you don't want to hire a hitman on, on the dark web because most of them are CIA agents trying to collect people that are hiring hitmen. No, 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 this is just on the regular web. Why don't you Google people? This is a simple thing because I know you're listening over something, but you must have access to Google while you're listening. Why don't you Google real estate for sale for cryptocurrency? You're going to find 400 websites that sell real estate everywhere in the world for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Monero, whatever cryptocurrency you have. Give it a try. And is that and like, is that what you did in Belarus too? Did you, were you able to buy the place you're in for, for crypto? Is that? Yes. We stay in hotels for crypto. When really? we were, when we were deported uh, from the Dominican Republic to London, which is my request, because they have a British passport, among many others. And they're all legal people. I don't do illegal stuff. Not paying taxes, by the way, is not illegal. It's not illegal. Not to file a tax return. Is not, but they charge me, nevertheless, with tax fraud. How can you commit tax fraud, which is lying or deceiving, if you haven't even filed anything? But in any case... That's neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, we, how we, they so when we got to London, we uh, we uh, checked into a crypto hotel, five star crypto hotel. Google them. Um, and the only thing you cannot do um, is fly on commercial flights, which you can fly in a private jet or a private uh, propeller plane anywhere in the world for crypto. Interesting. I know a have lot not of been people. able to bo- have not been able to bribe any border guards with crypto, but I haven't tried yet. Um, I suspect that's possible if you find the right border crossing. Yeah, a lot of people want to know how they could get away with not paying taxes, but it takes. Yeah, well, well, so the, any, so anyway, so that's what I've been telling people. Here's how you do it, people. Well, that <laughs> that 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 pushed the line. Do you understand? When I started saying that on international stages. Right. Uh, well, then the IRS filed. <clears throat> well, first of all, the SEC. Uh, I was okay. I was at that time when the SEC filed charges. Didn't file charges. Here's how they worked. Uh, I was the CEO of MGT, the world's sixth largest Bitcoin mining company. We had six thousand uh, high-speed computers in the state of Washington, where it's cool, uh, up in the mountains. Um, mining Bitcoin. We're the sixth largest, making the fortune. The SEC, after after I, I think it was after London. Okay, it was it was a week after in London. Uh, I first started not just saying use cryptocurrency, but here's exactly how. Here's where you go on on Google to to get your food, to get this, to get that. Um, that the SEC filed a subpoena uh, at MGT. Now, if you know anything about business law, if the SEC files a subpoena, you are required by law to announce the fact we have been subpoenaed by the SEC. You are not allowed to say what it's about. What was it about? And I finally, I broke, I broke my silence uh, over a year ago and said, listen, here's what really happened. The SEC filed a subpoena demanding uh, information on a stockholder from five years ago. We had done nothing wrong, um, but we had to announce it. The day after we announced it, we were delisted from the New York Stock Exchange. So this is what they do. 
stock, this New York Stock Exchange is not going to allow trades of a company that's been subpoenaed by the SEC. Because normally when the SEC subpoenas you, it means, oh, fuck me, you've broken some serious laws or your, your directors and officers have stolen the money or something. No. So uh, the SEC, I mean, the New York Stock Exchange delisted us. Uh, two days later, the, the value of the company went from $860 million to $3 million. Wow. So Amazing. I had to resign. There was no company left. They killed us. That was Did the they first opening. Did they pay you first before the company you know, who, did who pay us? I don't know. Did you pay yourself? No. Like, were you taking a salary? No, no absolutely not. I had no. I, just, well, of course I was taking a salary, like, but I didn't. Like I didn't take any. Well, no, there was nothing to pay me with. Do you understand? <laughs> we were bankrupt. Oh, wow. We went bankrupt instantly. The SEC bankrupted us, so we had nothing to pay us with. The stock was worthless. What What does it feel like, though? People don't know. What does it feel? What What was that? How much did it go down? Fifty million, a hundred million? How much did it the- went? It, no, it went down from eight hundred and sixty million to three million. What it does it dropped feel like when ninety eight percent in value? I don't know. It didn't feel like anything. I mean, this is just life, people. Wow. <laughs> Nothing is. Oh, fuck me. All right, sorry, guys. You're Let's pretty resilient. I mean, you know, most people would be pretty heartbroken to lose that kind of cake. You know. <laughs> Listen, I've been in jail 21 times. Uh, you want to know what heartbroken is like the first 15 of those? <laughs> right. So, all right. Great. And yep. in some of them, not unpleasant, not pleasant places, Guatemala, two friggin' months wow. in prison, Guatemala. That was, that was, listen, that wasn't fun. Although it was preferable to the Dominican Republic, those four days. Poor Janice, man, she suffered in that <laughs> during Jeez. those four days. But anyway. You- you might, you're really lucky having met Janice, huh? Like she seems to be a stabilizer for you a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say stabilizer. No. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> I would say a partner uh, in this adventure called life and a partner who has stayed with me. No other one, listen, no other <laughs> woman would have stayed with me through the things we have been through in the past eight years. This is not possible, not possible. But Janice, because she was a working girl when I met her. See, I met Janice after I got out of prison in Guatemala. Got out of prison, they deported me to Miami. Uh, I ended, by the way, that was the third time I had lost everything. Okay, so the lease confiscated all my properties, my money, everything. I was arrested in Guatemala. I got to Miami with only the clothes on my back. Nothing. I didn't have a dime to my name. Didn't even have a suitcase. It <laughs> just had the clothes on the back. Um, and uh, that night, I, I called a friend, borrowed $5,000 in cash and $5 bills, um, which arrived. And, and the hotel, I'd been staying at the Beacon Hotel. If you can verify this story, the Beacon Hotel in Miami. I always stayed there when I went on South Beach. When I got uh, when I got deported, uh, by the way, this is a story, but it's too long. But no, it's not. Okay, so I got deported. Uh, the deportation process was the most dramatic experience I've ever experienced. First of all, they came at six o'clock. I didn't know, know I was being deported. I'd been in prison. I thought I was going to be shot. Um, and they came in with uh, black masks and black coats, rousted me out of bed at six in the morning, saying, "Get dressed." They took me downstairs and thought, oh, fuck me, they're going to shoot me. They took me out to the courtyard, and then I knew 
fuck, oh, God damn, it's going to end here? <laughs> you, know, you know, with no fucking view. I've got fucking dirty bricks, you know, surrounding me. And instead, they ushered me into a Toyota truck, took me out in the street, and there was a convoy of military vehicles. They had blocked off the entire avenue from the prison to the airport. And on every street corner were soldiers with 50 caliber uh, automatic weapons mounted, people on roofs making, because the, the president said, listen, if they whack him here, meaning the lease, uh, I'm going to roast all of you alive. You get his ass on the plane, and I don't give a shit what happens to him. So I've never experienced anything like this. Uh, newspapers everywhere because I'd been top of the news for two months, you know, escaping the quote murder charges, which were nonsense. They, they didn't charge me with murder. Uh, they were just trying to question me and I, I refused uh, to be questioned by a third world dictatorship uh, that wanted to shut me up about uh, the corruption in the country. Anyway, so now get to the airport, uh, get deported. I arrive uh, in Miami on uh, an American Airlines flight. Uh, the plane stops on the runway. Um, the door opens after a couple of minutes. Uh, I can let's see up front some uniformed officers come on board. And I think, oh, fuck me. Now what? Jesus, God, I'm in deep shit. So um, then the captain says, well, Mr. McAfee, please come forward. So I didn't have a bag or anything. I just unbuckled my seatbelt walked forward. And uh, the the captain, uh, I can see his stripes. I go, uh, what have I done now? And he goes, nothing, sir. Uh, we're here to escort you. There are 2,000 reporters uh, at the American terminal. We fear for your safety uh, and for the safety of everyone. Um, we are here. We have been ordered to take you uh, anywhere in America that you want to go. All right, so... <laughs> I, by then, I'd had my fill of, of people with uniforms. So I go, will you take me to the nearest taxi stand? Without hesitation, he goes, absolutely, sir. I'll just come with me. Okay. So, John, I hate to interrupt this story, but we do have to pay for the show with these commercials here. So I'm going right. to go to commercial, okay? And then I do have at least a call or two. Wait in. I do. Do you want to talk about Ghost Phone too? Because I was going to ask you about that. You got that coming up. Well, I don't care. That, that's just promotional okay. stuff. I do. You're not interested in that stuff. All right. All right. Well, I might ask you about it if we don't have enough calls. All right, everybody. You're listening to Midnight in the Desert. Uh, we're in the middle of a pretty fascinating story from John McAfee. Once again, it's one of the most fascinating guys around. And we'll be, oh, call in right now to get a chance to ask him a question. 844 844 Nine one two thirteen thirty three. I'm still learning, and we're gonna get out. We'll be right back. I'm digging that. All right, John, we're here. This is Midnight in the Desert. You're tuned in to a pretty amazing show. We have John McAfee. We've been talking about um, viral diarrhea and COVID and running from the authorities and being in jail. You want to finish that story about the plane? I have some callers lined up, which we'll get to after. But you were getting let's, off. Let's go. Let's go to the callers. That's a boring story. All right, let's see if this thing works. All right, let's see. We have Alex. Go ahead. You're on the air with John McAfee. Hi, hey, can you hear me? Yes, can hear you just fine. Hey. Hey, thanks. Great show. I appreciate uh, both of you guys' time. Good show. I was just curious, uh, John's uh, estimation of how many 
crypto millionaires or billionaires have been created in the last, just say, three to four years that we don't even know about. Thought that'd be interesting to. Uh, well, yeah. okay, great. You Listen, I. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> okay, the, yeah, the question is um, how many crypto billionaires uh, or millionaires have been created in the past few years from crypto? Uh, see, that's the beauty of crypto. I have no idea. Nobody knows, do you see? <laughs> and no one should know. A person's finances uh, are the most private of all things. And if you believe in privacy, then you have to believe that financial privacy is fundamental to all of the privacies. Um, so there's simply no way to know. 20, 200, 2,000, uh, nobody knows, and hopefully no one will know. And, and what do you think, why don't I ask you, what do you think uh, about Bitcoin? You're famous, of course, for saying that Bitcoin was going to be a million, I think, by the end of this year. We talked about it. You've, you know, it was a joke anyway, kind of. But um, you said you would eat your own penis, basically. And obviously, that, that wasn't what you were planning to do if it didn't get to a million. But what do you think? I mean, with the Fed printing all this money, you know, I got to think something that's more that's actually limited and costs money to mine and, you know, can't be printed out of thin air. I, I think something like that would do really well. And I've been buying up Bitcoin uh, whenever I can. What do you think about the future? I mean, it's kind of been, it's kind of been going up and down. Hasn't really broken over 10,000 for very long. You think we're looking good for the rest of the year? You want to make any predictions? Well, look, keep in mind, Bitcoin is not cryptocurrency. Bitcoin was the first, the oldest uh, cryptocurrency. Um, that the field has grown, evolved tremendously uh, over the past 12 years. Um, so that Bitcoin, really, nobody uses Bitcoin anymore. Uh, when Bitcoin first started, uh, the entire dark web stopped taking credit cards and only took Bitcoin. <laughs> now no one uh, takes Bitcoin. They're all, it's all Monero. And here's the fundamental reason with Bitcoin. If I send you a tenth of a Bitcoin or whatever, um, or you send me forever after, I can look in your wallet right. uh, and see exactly how much money you have, where it comes from and where it goes to. Um, this is the opposite of privacy. Right. Uh, coins like Monero and many other privacy coins, you can't do that ever. No one will ever be able to unwind or know about a single transaction other than you and the person you're doing business with. And not just me, by the way, anybody who gets your Bitcoin address can look in and see everything that you have and where it came from. So that's why nobody uses it anymore, which is why the people who buy it, I hate to say this, uh, Nathan, but I would get rid of them as soon as you possibly can oh because the world will catch on. It, it, it's it's mostly, with exception of yourself and a few others, mostly people who are low tech and do not understand the blockchain or cryptocurrency. But everything's moved to privacy coins, um, and um, privacy coins are the future, unquestionably. Privacy coins and stable coins like DAI. Um, now, why are things like DAI important? Because the market for cryptocurrency is the most uh, volatile of any market I've ever seen and will remain so for the foreseeable future, uh, whereas stable coins never vary. Uh, for example, DAI is based on the U.S. dollar. It has never in the past three years varied more than 1% from the U.S. dollar. 
Um, now, it's not a coin to invest in, and, and cryptocurrency should not be an investment. This is the problem. People say, oh, let's buy Bitcoin so it'll go up, or let's buy Monero so it'll go up. No, get into crypto so that you can use it to free yourself from uh, uh, the burden and from the slavery of uh, financial control that governments keep over you. I mean, if you just have dollars, then, well, you know, people can... Um, uh, the U.S. government can, if they want, print $2 trillion of it if they wish, which they just did, people, <laughs> which diminished the value of your dollar by a good 10%. Um, and they, they can do what they want right. um, uh, to control you. So all the money you've worked hard and saved for all of your life just suddenly diminished by 10%. Right. Uh, with, um, with cryptocurrency, the, the governments can't control it. Nobody controls it. Uh, and if you don't like the dollar stable coins or stable coins based on the yen, based on diamonds, based on gold, based on whatever you want. Um, only unlike gold, which is a heavy metal that you must ship somewhere <laughs> if you want to, to trade it, you can trade instantly with DAI or any other stable currency. So yeah. privacy coins, stable coins. Uh, and we're at, we have with Ghost, uh, we have probably the, the greatest privacy coin that was just released um, last week in, in our full main net node. It's now up and running. Our main net is running. Um, <clears throat> with Ghost, um, nobody can see anything. Let me set this up. So this, uh, and I'm going to get to you, you callers. I'm just having an interesting conversation about cryptocurrency. So give me a second. You actually have a new phone, ghost phone, and there's a new cryptocurrency that goes along with it called ghost. Yes. yes. Okay. Now the ghost phone. Um, okay. So here's the problem. People, I don't have a telephone. can't have a telephone. Neither can Janice. Neither can most of the people <laughs> that have divorced themselves from the fiat currency world. The fiat currency, currencies that are printed, controlled by uh, governments, okay? Uh, because we have to live off the grid. And me, I'm, I'm wanted by the U.S., and so um, I, have to, uh, I have to stay uh, out of sight. Um, that don't mean physically, because thank, thank the Lord, um, uh, the covert community has grown to rely almost exclusively on electronic surveillance mm -hmm. and 99% of electronic surveillance is through your smartphones. If you have a smartphone, they know exactly where you are within 10 or 15 feet all the time. They know who you are because you're registered with the phone company. The phone company knows your name, your address, even your credit card information. So you cannot remain uh, private. Uh, and governments all have the ability to go in with a subpoena and say, who is this man? Where is he now? I want to know. And they have to say, well, he's right here. Mm -hmm. So we don't have phones, haven't had phones. It's a very inconvenient <laughs> situation for me. Where Janice and I, my wife, when, when we go out, for example, to a shopping center, well, I'm not going to go into all the ladies' stores with her. I'll say, I'll meet you here in an hour. You know, if she's not there, I panic. <laughs> was she grabbed by someone? I can't call her. She doesn't have a phone. I don't have a phone. So um, over the past uh, year and a half, uh, I have developed the ghost phone. Uh, and it's not the phone itself. It's using e-SIMs, emulated SIMs. Uh, all the newer phones like uh, the uh, Google Pixel, the, the new iPhone X, whatever it is. I don't use iPhones. 
um, the Samsung uh, S20 and above, uh, the Samsung Flip, the Samsung Fold phone, all the top newer phones uh, put out in the, in the past uh, year, they have eSIM capability. What does that mean? That means you can take the SIM card out of your phone. Um, you want to be completely anonymous and private. We don't ask who you are. You got a credit card. You've got cryptocurrency. Send it to us. Uh, and here, here's your scan code. You take your phone, you uh, photograph it, and you are now instantly, instantly online with the Ghost phone service. We're operating in 37 different countries now. Um, if you're in America, if you have an AT&T or a Verizon phone, you will also work on the Ghost uh, phone system. So what does it do? Well, so we don't ask who you are. Uh, and we have within our system uh, a set of revolving IP addresses, uh, none of which are even in the country that you're in. Um, so um, wherever you are, and by the way, this is data only. I don't know who actually makes real phone calls anymore. I mean, we've got Zoom, you've got Skype, you've got uh, uh, thousands of apps they give you exactly the same service as a phone call, only it's faster and much clearer. Um, so, but data only. But um, you are now online with your phone. It connects whatever cells, whatever cell service you're you're near. It will connect uh, anonymously, uh, and no one can come to us and say why because we don't know where our system is set up. It's decentralized. <laughs> no clue where you are. We don't keep that information. Uh, so we can't give it to a government. We don't know who you are because we didn't ask you who you were. You just pay, he paid with a credit card. Are we sending some cryptocurrency? I, I have no clue. Can't help you. So you are now completely anonymous. Do you understand? Now, if you're using uh, a system which is not, well, that part of the system, we can't help you. With. I mean, if you're communicating through some open channel um, using your real name, <laughs> okay, uh, and they know who you, I can't help you. That's like, for example, if you were using Google maps or something, you're logged into Google, then obviously they're going to know where you well, are. Is that kind of what you mean? No, they're not. No, they're not going to worry. No one's ever going to know where you are, but mm. they might know who you are. If you told Google who you were, mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but this is, it's to be used for communicate and you can you can keep the sim card in if you want if you've already got registered with at&t you can keep that in you get to switch that's a beauty of eSIMs. Uh, one little button on your phone you just switch from your uh your at&t provider to your ghost provider do you understand and your ghost provider knows nothing about you so everything you do while you're on the eSIM, the eSIM shuts off the the hard sim do you see so the hard sim's not working now it's not it's not communicating uh, it's your eSIM that's communicating and connecting to the cell towers. So, so that, why did I do that? Because I don't like not being able to locate my wife in an emergency. Do you understand? Yes. And so uh, I was going to do it just for me. And then I thought, well, why not? I mean, gee, you know, it's, first, it's very expensive for me. Um, so we're now, it's a public thing. Uh, we, um, we're doing beta tests. By the, by the way, anybody out there who is a, uh, a mainstream, and this is the only time I like mainstream media, that would like to um, 
to beta test this. It's coming Friday in four days. We're going to be releasing to the press a limited number of eSIMs. If you have a Samsung S20 or above or a Google Pixel or the latest iPhone that can, can accept eSIMs, uh, we'll send it to you, beta test it. You, if you don't like it, say so. If you do, I promise you, <laughs> you're going to want one for every member of your family um, because it gives you ultimate, ultimate privacy. Now, people go, well, who cares about privacy? You got nothing to hide. You got nothing to fear. Mm. I'd like to answer that, even though you didn't ask it. Um, we all have something to hide, people. It's just from who? From your wife? Uh, I promise you, if you're a man, you've been married for more than you, you're hiding something. You spent money you don't want your wife to know about. Uh, maybe you've gone to the extreme uh, and you're having an affair. I don't know. But you got something to hide. From your husband, the same thing. From your boss, perhaps even more. Um, maybe you made a mistake and you go, oh my God, I don't want to find out about that. Uh, maybe you've cheated on your tax returns. Please, people, you know you have something to hide. It's just from whom? Um, and if you don't think you exercise privacy rights a hundred times a day, let me tell you examples of how you do. Um, we all, with every single relationship in our life, have a different set of privacy filters. You just never paid attention to it. Uh, if you're at the checkout counter at the grocery store and you bought a bag of tomatoes and you've never met the clerk before, uh, you go, hi, uh, yeah, I'm John McAfee. I had an affair with my wife's sister last night. I think maybe my wife, my wife may have found out about it. And I'm just not sure what to do. Uh, what do you think? That would be insane. Would it not? We don't do that. We have a privacy filter with strangers. The filter says you may talk about the weather, the price of tomatoes since you bought tomatoes, uh, and maybe uh, that's a nice dress you're wearing if you're trying to get a phone number or whatever. That's it. No more. Now, with a casual acquaintance that you've met a few times, you might say, oh, yeah, hey, how are we? I met you at the party of the night. Goes, hey, where, where do you work? Well, I work down here at the railroad. Da, da, da. That's it. Mm -hmm. With a close friend, you might actually say, oh, Bob, I, I slept with uh, my wife's sister last night. Or it may not. It's up to you. How close is the friend? Is a friend also a friend of your wife? Is it possible he's going to tell his wife who's then going to tell? No. It's a complex relationship that's unconscious, and you exercise it every moment of the day. Privacy is the foundation of a sane society, people. If everybody knew everything about everybody else, what would happen? Riots in the street, and you know it. Starting with a rash of spousal shootings, uh, wives shooting husbands, or husbands shooting boyfriends. I mean, seriously. Um, Privacy is the most necessary glue of society, people. Mm. And privacy begins with financial privacy. Because if you don't have financial privacy, I promise you, you've got no other privacies. Mm. Wow. That's great. Well, you know what? I, I might have the latest phone, so, but I'm not mainstream media. Anyway, I got... I got to get to these calls, but if you wanted me to try it out, I would. Let me grab. Yeah, we have ten, we have ten more minutes. Okay, so let's let's get some calls. I All think right. people might be waiting. You'll we'll get us to the break. All right, uh, Ben, you're live with John McAfee. Hello, hey. how's it going? Good. Uh, pleasure to meet you, John. 
Well, thank you, Ben. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you fine. What's your question? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to give a shout out to Boogie Bumper because he used to do um, weekly updates on John McAfee's campaign. Oh, all and right. Without that, I probably wouldn't have followed at all. So, so what's your question, Ben? Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, maybe top five is too many, but uh, maybe top three things, decisions that President Trump has made that goes against uh, your libertarian values and what you would have done differently. Mm, interesting question. Okay, first and foremost, I do not think that Trump has any power. I don't think that any president has power. I don't think that any president has power since Dwight Eisenhower. So uh, there, the Trump doesn't make any decisions. Uh, Trump makes decisions based on information given to him by the CIA, covert agencies, the people who work for him. And those decisions are based on information passed up through a thing called the deep state. What's a deep state? It's the career employees of the government. Uh, having run multiple businesses, I know for a fact, you cannot just say, we're all going to do this. Uh, because what's going to happen, your head of engineering is going to ask his managers, the managers are going to ask the, uh, the sub-managers, and they're going to go, well, we can't do this because. They're in control, people. It's the career people in, the, in America that's in control. So I don't give a shit what Donald Trump does or does not do doesn't come from him. Um, neither does it affect me or you because those decisions are going to be reversed down the road or not carried out the wall. How much of the wall has been built? They say, well, 97 miles, that's sort of bullshit. 94 of those miles are repairing existing walls. So three miles along 1,782 miles of border. So no, it makes no difference what that mofo says or does. And I think that's, that's the question. The next, next person, please. All right, great. And by the way, I'll come back to you, Ben, if we have time. Let me just get to our other callers. I have, let's see, David. I'm getting you in. David, go ahead. You're on with John McAfee. Yeah, what would it take for America to become the land of the free again? How long until Monero Moon? How long until the Monero Moons? And what would it take? <laughs> I, I'm not going to talk about how long anything moons. I, don't, I, don't, I do not invest in cryptocurrency. I'll answer that first. I've never invested. Well, I'm a cryptocurrency investor. Bullshit. I use cryptocurrency. I don't invest in it, so I don't know how long it moons. I don't care. Uh, anyway. Uh, the first question is, um, what would it take to make America the land of the free? Well, it depends on us. I mean, we, the people, are the idiots. Do you not understand? I mean, look at what we do. We vote for people who spend $100 million to get a job paying $300,000 a year. What idiot does that? We idiots do that. Well, not me. <laughs> I don't vote. I refuse to be a part of that idiocy. Uh, no, you vote for someone who paid money to get a job that's not going to pay him back. Now you tell me why that person pays money because of the goodness of their heart. They know they're best for America. Nobody knows what's best for anybody. No, it's because of greed and power, hungry people that we elect. We need to elect people like Dwight Eisenhower. 
George Washington, both of whom had to be drugged, kicking and screaming into the fucking office. Dwight Eisenhower was the supreme allied commander during World War II, the most powerful man ever in the world before or since. He didn't want the presidency. What a come down. He was old. He wanted to fish. He had served his country. He wanted to fish. Um, but they said, Dwight, <laughs> who else? Look at America. We, we've just come through the war. And, and uh, Harry Truman, you know, part of the old legacy, has done nothing. You know, we're, we're rationing food. and We can barely support ourselves. Um, we need a true leader. And he's going, well, get somebody else. They drug him kicking and screaming into the presidency. And when he'd left, he warned us in his exit speech, America, you are losing your freedoms. If you do not wake up, the CIA and the military industrial complex will remove every last freedom that you have. And they have done so. So it is us. If I were me, if I ruled everybody's mind, I'd say, all right, um, write your own name in. Write the name of your dog. Uh, get together and elect a derelict on the street. It doesn't matter. It will be a massive improvement. And none of these will get elected, but it will send one very firm message to the establishment. Get your act in order or else. Because the power structure is pyramidal. Those at the top depend on those at the next level that depend on those at the next. And those at the bottom, you and I, these citizens, bear the burden. If we shrug, say, well, we're not doing it anymore. Trust me. <laughs> that is the message that has to be sent people. And are you going to do it? No. Too damn lazy. You'd rather have someone else make decisions for you. You'd rather have someone say, this is right, that's wrong, do this, don't do that. Um, why? Because if someone else rules your life, you don't have to be responsible for anything wrong that you yourself might do. Well, you want to think better. We're hoping that people in our audience will take accountability and really, you know, change themselves to change the world. Well, that's it, John, if that's what you got for us. We got That's what I got for you. And I thought, thank you very much for, for having me on. And yeah, if you no. want me on again sometime, I'll be happy to do so. Great. Wow. Yeah, you actually kind of had a good time then. Well, awesome, John. Yeah. Well, can't uh, wish you the best. I'll see you tomorrow. I think you're going to be talking to NASDAQ about your ghost phone. Maybe I'll think about getting some of this. How do you buy the ghost cryptocurrency in like five seconds? Uh, well, I mean, you can go on the ghost exchange. Also have the ghost exchange. Uh, ghost by McAfee. Or just, or just, God, I don't know what the exchange is. is ghost by McAfee.com. Don't know. Uh, my, <laughs> Google it. Google it. Actually, oh, I think you can just Google a ghost coin and it'll tell you how to buy it. All right. Um, cool. All right. All right, and, John. Uh, thank you very much. I got to let you go. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you another time. This was John McAfee. You're listening to Midnight in the Desert with me, Nathan Stoltman, and we will be back and we'll get some more phone calls and talk to Conspiracy Castle. Enjoy the commercials. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. I enjoyed it. I asked John McAfee, actually, 
John McAfee actually worked for it. Hi, everybody. You're back from the break. We just had a great uh, segment, an hour and a half with John McAfee, who has all kinds of crazy stories and was just epic. Um, told us about viral diarrhea being a lot more dangerous than COVID. So I guess that's the new thing. We're going to make sure to, you know, make sure to warn people, actually, because I didn't know it's killing five times as many people or whatever it is. So we found out that and then a lot more. We found out about cryptocurrency and we took some calls. I'm sorry for people who were holding on the call line. It's back open again. And we're going to be welcoming a new guest right now. I'm still coming down from the show with John McAfee. I was just thinking, oh, that was a great interview. It's always good to do that. So now we have to change gears and get into the second half of the show. And actually, uh, why don't I first, and uh, I have Alex Stein, Conspiracy Castle, I'm going to be bringing on. But first, let me tell you, I'll welcome our new engineer, who is running the show right now today, he learned how to do it earlier today. So I think it's been pretty good so far. I mean, you know, all things considered, I think we're going out over the radio. We can hear each other. So that's Jaron, who was just a guest on this show. I'm really excited is going to be here. So if I ever need anything, I have a real professional standing by. So, hey, Jaron, do you want to say hi? Dude, I am dominating this stream. Are you? Absolutely. Just tearing it up. So perfect. Now I'm very happy. I thought it was going to be a disaster so far. So good. And I'm glad you pointed out that I just learned hours ago and we're getting through. We're flying by the seat of our pants. McAfee is an absolute legend, total boss and was awesome to, uh, I don't know, to hear from him from his bunker. I am pissed, however, that I quit smoking recently. And now I found out that you... Uh, that it's going to protect me from the COVID. So maybe I'm going to spark one up after this. I'm going to have to smoke more joints. <laughs> yeah, that works too. So, yeah. you know, I've really looked into this COVID pretty deep. And, you know, I vape. And I would recommend vaping to people. In fact, you know, against medical experts, I recommend it to people who never even thought about vaping before because, you know, nicotine's kind of a smart drug. And look at John McAfee. I mean, he's 74 years old. He's doing great. He's got a little cough. He's got a little cough, but he's going to be all right from COVID. So um, anyway, Jaron, awesome, joining the show. Uh, we might, you know, if somebody might call in wanting to talk to you, we'll see. Now, now I got to talk to you about this new guy who I've never met before, except right before this show. And he's already got a show on this network. He's a young man. You're about to see him on screen if you're watching on my DLive channel. Once he starts speaking, you'll see the way he's dressed up. It looks like he's very serious. Um, but from what I understand, he's not. Um, By the way, just so you know, Nate, we are also streaming on uh, Periscope, on Twitch, on DLive. I actually am doing it all. So awesome. I even took it a step further. So yeah, oh. anybody who's watching can actually see this next guy. On Dark Matter. And, and Dark Matter. Thank you, David. Everywhere else. <laughs> Forgot about the one in the main station. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but uh, the great thing about this next guy, I mean, how I found him or, you know, he kind of reached out to me and said, hey, just letting you know, uh, you're an inspiration. Russian Vids is an inspiration. I'm going to be starting my own channel and I hope you check it out. I hear that from a lot of people. A lot of people will write me or email me, say, I'm going to start a channel. I'll go check it out. And the channel is weak sauce. You know, it's... Um, they don't really know what they're doing. I'm like, okay, maybe this will become a thing, or maybe eventually. So this next guy, Alex Stein, like I said, reached out, said, hey, I'm going to be starting a channel. 
And his very first video, he came out the blocks with a tie, a suit and tie, number one. I don't know if he's wearing pants. It's hard to know because he sits behind a desk. Uh, he's got some you know, conspiracy castle backdrop. He's got a Dianetics book on his desk. And he's just yelling and screaming about the NWO. So let me bring him on and he can tell you all about it. And he's a very exciting guy, very funny. Uh, and he's got his cats with him all the time too. Conspiracy Castle Alex time. What up? His Bible. He's got his Bible as well. You know, what an honor. Listen, Nate Dog. I, I hope you don't mind if I call you Nate Dog because that, I think, is that your cash app? Is that correct, uh, Nate? Oh, there you go. That's right. You want to give out my cash app? His cash app is Nate dash dog dash 11, if I remember correctly. And dashes. But yeah, go ahead. Dollar sign Nate Dog 11. You can send it to me or, well, you know. My employer. I can, call you Nate Dog. I can call you Nate Dog, obviously, if that's how you're getting paid. So you are the Nate Dog. I love nicknames, Nate. All right. All right. No problem. You're like Trump. Oh, no. Like George I am. W. I'm like, I love. I, 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 Bush like the nickname. I, I copied the nickname from Trump, but I cannot say anything without saying thank you to Jaron. Because the guy that's engineering this, this show, Jaron is like, well, you know, when you say inspiration, I know that's probably weird for Jaron to hear me say that. But it's like, I look at Jaron as a guy that changed his whole life and started to talk about truth, talk about taboo subjects, talk about the shape of the earth. Like literally this, this is a subject that will make you and your friends hate you, your family and friends. If you bring this up, this is a topic that will make the closest people that love you the most in the world, absolutely lose disrespect for you. And you can be the smartest guy. You can have a million billion dollars. You can have everything together and you tell them that you don't think you're on a spinning ball. And all of a sudden you're Looney Tunes when you're getting information from a person that's looked into it for zero minutes. So when you, when you hear a guy like Jerry, and you hear his story it is inspirational it is it makes me feel like i can do the same thing so that's why i look at jaron and another guy mentioned rv because what, what really uh, russian know, vids rv is uh russian vids his new channel is called rv truth we just had him on the show with pk and also since i'm already butting in yes like with my like when my brother-in-law found out about that i'm kind of flat earth uh, sympathetic. It didn't go over that well. And we were at dinner. He's like, so what shape do you think the earth is? And I was like, I don't know. And he, they're like, he's like, I don't know. You don't know. So it, is, it isn't that good socially, but you know, you have to overcome some things anyway. Yeah, Russian well, vids, I, go ahead. Well, I tell a story about that. You know, my, my ex-girlfriend, she, you know, I told her that the moon landing and then I flat smacked her. And, you know, she obviously doesn't believe it. She's so, so socially engineered because the social engineering is so strong. The brainwashing is so strong. And she bought me a flat earth t-shirt and she's always joke. Why don't you wear your flat earth t-shirt? Why don't you wear your flat earth t-shirt? Because she knows that I had to be kind of a closeted flat earther. And so one day we got to argue and I said, bitch, you don't even know what you're on. You can't even tell me about anything about flat earth. And I'm saying it's literally her and I broke up a person I loved because we cannot see eye to eye on the truth. And that's why I think, and I keep bringing up Jaron is I, when you see a person like him do that, it gives me the power and strength to do that, that and God and seeing other guys that are willing to say these crazy things, because listen, I'm talking about crazy things. I'm talking about the devil. I'm talking about Hillary Clinton worshiping Moloch from reading her emails. I mean, I'm putting a lot of weird pieces together and I'm making a weird puzzle, but I'm telling you the, the unplugging from the matrix, from the, the current reality people are living in is fake. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to break those walls down. And Nate, you did that. I really love your moon landing video. And, and that's what, well, you know, it, it's so ridiculous. They send, they do the same scam. They do it in 1969. They send a fake at Jeep to the freaking moon. And then what do they do in 2018? They send a Tesla to freaking Mars. What a joke. What, what, what do you think about that? What's the deal with them sending cars to space? Is that or some sort of machismo thing? What's your idea on that, Nate? 
Well, you know, Elon Musk, uh, don't get me started. You know, I can't believe this is a guy that heads up, I, I don't know what somebody said, over a $100 billion company, maybe the most valuable car company in the world right now, even though it loses money all the time. Well, uh, Nate, Nate, but let me pause you. You and I are both in the car business. I've heard you say, can you believe Tesla is more valuable than Ford or GMC that makes all those work vehicles? How could Tesla be a more valuable than a company that literally every year sells billions of dollars in just work vehicles alone? So, so sorry, because I want to get your opinion on the, the car business. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I'll ask you like how you got to this point too. But yeah, as far as him sending, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like it makes me think, that people see that like we live in a world where people see that and Elon Musk says it's so fake. It's gotta be real. And people still think it really happened somehow, you know, like I, it makes you a little Elon Musk just in general makes me realize that people are under a spell of some sort where they don't see reality for what it really is. And they can't tell that this guy is just like a snake oil salesman, basically. I mean, we're never going to Mars. You know, we didn't go to the moon. So, you know, we're not going to Mars. So they're just telling us stories and stuff. So that's what I think about it. But uh, yes, people, uh, I think when I introduced myself to this network, I did mention that I sold cars. In fact, he mentioned Larry Ellison, our dealership. I worked at Ferrari Silicon Valley and he was one of our clients and he was a bit of an eccentric guy. Uh, But what, so anyway, I want to ask you because, because you're interesting to me now. How did you, how old are you? First of all, I'm 33 years old and you know, conspiracy castles 33. So don't, I'm not a devil worshiper. I believe in God. I'm just saying there's a lot of symbols and symbology and that's what I, that's why I like to use the symbols and symbology to mock them because like guys like Russian vids, you're going to see the gematria these people use is ridiculous when they have their headquarters to the Boston bombing uh, at the six, six, six address, you know, the church, I think it was six, six, six was the address literally where the second bomb went off. That is a joke. That is Jumatria. They're doing that because, ha, ah, it's so funny. So I, I, I'm 33, but I would say really I got ru- into Russian vids, into the Jumatria uh, within the last two years. Uh, and I think that's the final level of truth is looking at uh, the puppet handler's um, clues. When you can start to find their clues and you can really start, because a lot of stuff I look into is bull crap. I'm not going to lie. I look into a lot of stuff, a lot of dead ends, but man, I find stuff that I'm like, there's no way, there's no way this is a quinkadink. No way. It's no way. I'd be insane. The chances of this quinkadink, like, like Hillary and helping uh, her, you know, traffic kids out of Haiti and, and, you know, it being one of the, you know, worst countries when it comes to uh, infrastructure, it, that's, that's not a quinkadink. It's just, there's too many red flags. I just look at red flags, Nate. And, uh, you know, you do the same thing. Yeah. Well, so how did you get here? You were sell- are you still employed oh, or? Are you- no. Yeah. I, so I'm in the used car business. I, I'll buy. And really I prefer the wholesale business. I'll buy any car. I can give you an instant cash offer. You bring me your car. I'll buy it. Cause and then I like to clean up the cars. And I like to sell them at the auction. I don't really like the retail car business cause it's a pain in the butt. When you sell a car, you sell the car for the rest of its life. People are always going to complain about some crappy thing like the alternator. It's not worth my time, but I do retail a lot of inexpensive cars as is cars for a lot of, you know, underprivileged uh, urban employee, you know, urban customers. I sell a lot of cars, $5,000 or less. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 you know, I sell those cars 
never, if I know something's wrong with them, I always take them to the auction. So I'm honest. So I do sell a lot of those cars. I'm pretty successful in that, you know, and, and, and really I could make more money doing it, but it's just so stressful. So I actually kind of purposely try not to overextend myself because then I don't have too much liability. So then I don't, you know, worry at night because let me tell you something, Nate, as soon as I stopped uh, buying into the fiat currency under the debt under, and once I stopped living under constant debt, and fear of paying my bills, I've made so much more money lately. And, and, and I know that sounds like like uh, uh, hokey or corny, and that's what they always say, but I'm telling you, once you stop worrying about it and stressing about it, and that's what I've really done with my business. I've really taken my foot off the gas pedal, and now it's opened my eyes and ears. God gave me eyes to see, and now I'm using them. Now I'm trying to spread the message. And so uh, that, that's what I'm telling anybody out there. If you're living in this debt rat race, that's what they want. That's how they created this society. So you will be an indentured servant your whole life. You'll always be paying off your uh, student loans. You'll always be paying off your credit card bills. You'll always be paying some debt for some health issue. And then, you know, you go to the doctor and they don't even fix you. They literally like we're in the car business. What doctors do when you bring in your car, your body, what they do is they don't fix the transmission. They just cut off the check engine light, you know, Nate. So what I'm saying is I just, I have a lot to say. Sorry to, sorry, I'm going off, but I just, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to be on this show, Nate. And, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion. I hate to. Uh, no, that's, all right. that's all right. You're very high energy. I have to just make sure my audience is ready for it. So anyway, I want to know because, you know, I know how I got there and I got there pretty late. I mean, you know, the guy that used to host this show, he was doing radio for like 50 years and he was doing conspiracy stuff forever. And people were listening to him do conspiracy radio, like in the nineties. And, you know, I, I wasn't there. I was selling cars and living my life. And then I kind of realized that it was an evil system and I was contributing to something that was an evil system. And that had to do with dealing in dollars or like anything that has to do with the dollar is, is dirty. It's an evil thing. So I get that. Um, so anyway, for me, you know, I started kind of waking up and I had like a spiritual kind of thing and I gave away all my stuff and, and then, uh, and then and quit, you know, and, and quit working and then just decided that, I'd made a few videos on YouTube. I was like, I think I can do this. And it really didn't work out for a long time. And um, well, and then I got offered the chance to do this and I'm hoping this really works out. But anyway, where, what happened to you? You're 33. Okay. And so, so let me tell you. So I would say I got woke to the real truth. What everybody out there, if you're listening to this and you're not woke and you listen to me say the flat earth, you listen to me here say you're in a debt system, there's a new world order that they're trying to contact trace you and that they're going to try to literally put us in a surveillance state. But you can hear me say all that, but none of that will make sense if you don't know that 9-11 was orchestrated by people within our own government and people within Israel's government, the Mossad. Now, uh, you're like, Alex, what are you talking about? 9-11? Well, guys, if you don't know that 9-11 was an absolute joke, and if you think it was 19 Saudi Arabian hijackers, you're insane. So that's what woke me up. When I realized that those towers could not crumble into dust without some sort of directed energy weapon or some sort of uh, um, pre-planted explosives, that is what woke me up. You guys can look into it. Look into Lucky Larry Silverstein. This is the guy that took the lease over for the World Trade Center uh, less than a year from the uh, uh, New York City uh, public transit. Uh, I forget what it's called. The MTA. He got it from the MTA. And, and within a month of getting ins uh, insurance on it, 
he collected $4.7 billion from both towers collapsing. And people don't even know that. So when I found out about Larry Silverstein, there's a video of Luke Rudkowski, like confronting him about that. That like changed my whole life. That video, seeing that it gave me, I, I, I'll be honest. I've tried marijuana. I tried a lot of drugs. I went to college at LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that's where I studied sociology. So I have a little idea what I'm talking about when I talk about this social engineering, but, um, I've never felt a better high than probably seeing Luke Rutkowski uh, uh, confront Larry Silverstein about those towers. So if you're listening to me talk, Nate, I'd like to get your opinion on 9-11. Well, my opinion is, you know, I think a lot of people uh, watching the show are kind of familiar with some of the things you said. And yes, for me, it was definitely the starting point. And it was weird because 9-11 happened. And it really affected me. And like my girlfriend at the time was in New York. And I remember the towers. I remember I woke up and I think the towers were already coming down. I'm in California and, and I was really affected by it. And then somebody shared loose change with me, the first one. And, I, and my mind was kind of blown. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then um, Popular Mechanics came out. And debunked it. I don't know if you're yeah, aware. Of that. Yeah. Very familiar with all the popular mechanics. Yeah, the they yeah. came out and debunked it, and I thought I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, whatever. I guess it's not real." And then I went back to sleep for another, you know, 14 years basically. And then um, it was in sometime in 2015. I was already reading Zero Hedge back then, and they actually posted a video. And it was one specific video. It was architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Richard Gage. Was, yeah, Richard Gage. It was maybe a two or three hour presentation. And they got into the nanothermite. And, and you know, once you look at it, and then I've gone all the way, which I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I've, I've gone all the way to where Fetzer's at, which is no, well, Fetzer thinks they were holograms. I'm not there yet. But, you know, I don't think there were any planes used or anything. Oh, yeah. There's no planes because the maximum velocity rate of an airplane cannot go 500 miles an hour at that low of altitude. Those planes would actually disintegrate it because they actually test those airplanes at a higher altitude going past the maximum velocity rate. But they can never test the maximum velocity rate of an airplane 500 miles an hour that low to the ground. It's even too risky to test. It, the wings won't fall off, but literally the sheet metal will fall off. It will disintegrate. Um, so the idea of those planes going that fast is ludicrous. And just the fact that there's these things called the Israeli art students. They had an art project called the B thing, and they actually occupied uh, multiple floors in the World Trade Center. And after the 1993 bombing, the building was basically empty. There was very few tenants in there. I think there was a restaurant on the top. I know there was, because I visited there when I was a kid, when I was in uh, eighth grade. Um, but what I'm saying is the towers were brought down by Mossad agents. Literally, you can look into under the guise, these Israeli art students got caught outside of politicians' houses uh, surveilling them, these Mossad agents. And when they were confronted, they were telling them that they were selling art. So we know that Israel has one of the most um, uh, intense uh, CIA programs inside the United States of any other any other country in the world that has the most influence in the United States of America it's Israel and their fingerprints are all over 9/11 so so you just look at that you know that those planes uh uh in Shanksville 
the plane was disintegrated. So we know that that's big bull crap. You know, the story is, is in uh, flight 93 over Pennsylvania that the, the, the passengers decided to take over the plane and they grabbed their drink cart and they famously said, let's roll. When they tell you that, Nate, they're laughing at us. They're mocking us with that crap. When they make a movie about it, it's Hollywood. They're trying to do that to get that in the children's minds that this is what happened. These people are heroes. When these people didn't even really exist, that plane didn't even crash right there. But they got movies. They got the social engineering at multiple levels, guys. This is an onion. These puppet masters are 10 steps ahead of us. They probably already knew they were going to make a Flight 93 movie before the freaking 9-11. They probably knew that there was going to be multiple 9-11 movies, and guess what? They were right. There's World Trade Center. I'm just saying, this is in the Boston movie. After the Boston bombing hoax, uh, there happened to be a movie about Jeff Bauman, uh, uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, what a joke. These movies, after these fake events, that's done to mock us. You know, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about... Um, the people uh, putting these clues, doing the kind of RV, making these movies after these events. What kind of mockery do you, do you think that is, Nate? Well, um, I want all of a sudden I want to talk about the Holocaust, but I was going to ask. Let's, you. let's talk about the Holocaust because because there's so many conflicting reports uh, about the Holocaust. I don't know why that came in my head. Anyway, you're kind of Jewish, right, Alex Weiss, right? Okay. Uh, well, it's Stein. It's Alex Stein. Stein I'm sorry. Sorry. So it's kind of a sad story. My uh, grandfather was Jewish, but he wasn't in my dad's life. So my mom, my grandmother, I didn't have a Jewish mom. So I'm not technically Jewish. I guess I'd be a quarter Jewish. So I can talk about the Jews a little bit. Uh, but listen, this is what I have to say, Nate. It's not about Jews. I love my Jewish brothers and sisters. I love you all. If you're Jewish, I love you. But listen to this, Nate. We live in a society where you can say fundamental Islam all day long. You can say Muslim terrorists till the cows come home. You can hear Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Muslim terrorists, Muslim terrorists, they're all terrorists, terrorists. Would you say Jewish terrorists? Oh, man, you're an anti-Semite. No, there can't be evil Jewish people. There can be evil Muslim people. There can be evil Catholic people. But no, there can't be evil Jewish people. But then but then we have the diatribe that, oh, the Jews run Hollywood. Well, okay, that's okay to say the Jews run Hollywood. Well, guess what? Hollywood's a bunch of pedophiles and child uh, uh, killers, a bunch of literally child molesters. So uh, that's all you got to know. We, that's the mainstream narrative. So I'm just spitting what they say. The Jews run Hollywood. That's not, that's not anti-Semitic. I love my Jewish brothers and sisters. So I'm trying to make that clear. We got to call balls and strikes my guy i'm just an umpire i'm not the coach i'm not the player i'm not pulling the strings i'm the umpire nate so so people want to call me this call me that say i'm crazy that's fine but i'm just calling it like i see it yeah i hear you man boy i've never had anyone on my show with the kind of energy that you bring to it. So I'm going to try to balance it out. We are about to go to break, but go ahead and call in and you can talk to any of us. We have one call already, 844-912-1333. We can take calls in the last hour of the show. This is Conspiracy Castle, Alex Stein, who apparently also is sometimes the conspiracy a-hole. I've heard that too. So I don't know. If, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're learning about that too. Um, and as far as what you said about the make, oh, that's why the Holocaust came in my head because they made so many damn movies about it. That's why. Yeah. So anyway, as far as them making movies about things to drill it into people's heads, yes, they definitely do that. And you know, the thing about 93, and I'm not going to let you respond. I got to go to break. But the thing that's crazy about that is the phone calls. Remember that? Like nobody thinks about this. They're all talking on their cell phones for like a half hour or something. I mean, have you ever tried to use, anyway, if people know if you ever try to use your cell phone from 30,000 feet or even 10,000 feet, you can't freaking get a signal. And they're talking 
literally having like 20, 30 minute conversations with their family. I mean, it's totally hundred percent insane. I don't know how popular mechanics thought they could get away with debunking that they said they flew up some little plane or something. I don't know. Anyway, this is, uh, this is, uh, well, this is an interesting guest. This is an interesting guest. We'll take phone calls. If you have questions for me or Alex or Jaron, go ahead. This gentleman has a show on the network right now. When does it start? By the way, like when is it? But yesterday was our first show. It's uh, Sundays at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time, so 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific, and it's on the Dark Matter Digital Network. All right, cool. You are listening to the Dark Matter Digital Network. This is the new Midnight in the Desert with me, Nathan Solman, our engineer, Jaron, and our guest, Alex Stein. We will be right back after the music and commercials. All right, we are back. Midnight in the Desert, uh, starring me, Nathan Soltman, and then with uh, Jaron on the boards. And we have young Alex Stein joining us today. Uh, not, maybe I shouldn't say young, but younger than me. Younger than me. All right, we're just going to go to phone calls, okay? Is that all right with you, Alex? Sounds good. Okay, cool. I got a bunch of people lined up. I mean, holy cow, believe it or not. So let's go to the first call. This should be Sandra. And go ahead. Hi there. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Alex. Um, two questions for you. Alex, what do you see as the greatest threat facing the U.S. today? And number two, what is, what's, well, actually, number two is, how is your channel going to be different than all the other conspiracy-themed podcasts that we have available today? All right, thank Sandra, you. thank you. Great okay. question, Sandra. Well, I'll tell you who the biggest threat is. This is Angus, my cat. Let me put him down. Actually, hold on. Slow down. Go ahead and I already got a look at Angus. Go ahead and show us Angus, please. Because I don't know, you haven't been following my show. I'm known for being the guy with the cat. Okay. Doshi. And we just lost Doshi. So adding a new kitten to the truth community could be a good thing. Okay. Very cute. So, and look at that. Already talkative too. Very cool. Well, see if you can set up a scratcher or something where. Oh, uh, there's a bunch. I got so much freaking cat stuff, Nate. I got this is my fourth cat. Oh, okay. I, I have taxoplasmosis. See, if I'm dealing with a kitty litter, you get this parasitic uh, uh, nerve, and it's it's in my brain, and so it's a parasite. It's called taxoplasmosis. It's called crazy cat lady syndrome, and you get it from dealing with the fecal matter. So it makes you want to collect cats. So. If you start getting a cat, you you know they're kind of once you they're like Pringles. Once you stop or once you pop, you can't stop with these cats. That's how they are. But let me get to Sandra's question. The great yeah. question, Sandra. Our biggest threat is within our own government. Literally, is what is called the deep state. Now, these people, these are puppet masters. They do not care about us. What they want to do is they want to install the new world order. And I know you hear that. That's like the marching talking point from Alex Jones from forever. But you can go back to before Barack Obama, and they were talking about this. And now we are literally on the tipping point of actually being there. We are we are so close to the just Chinese social credit system. We are this freaking close. So your biggest threat is Nancy Pelosi. Your biggest threat is Adam Schiff. Because uh, whether we whether we want to talk politics or not, I believe Trump is a shill. I believe he can be bought and sold. He should have put Hillary in jail from the 
first day that he took the presidency. But regardless of that, this all this stuff will happen a lot faster if Biden becomes president. Because what they will do is they will install China's entire surveillance state. See, China has 1.4 billion people. America only has 350 million. So that's a lot less people. So China, they are skilled at surveilling their people. They got this down. So they're just going to go, just like after Operation Paperclip, where America got all the Nazi scientists after World War II and installed them in our, our, our space program. We're about to do the same thing. We're going to call this Operation Kung Flu China Style, Volume 2. They're going to come up in here and like a software, they're going to download the freaking China program. And what you're going to do is you're going to have to go to your re-engineering program. You're going to have to go online and your first login, you'll get 10 social credits. And then from there on, your your, your re-education will start all online through Skype. You'll have a re-education coach and you'll meet in with them. And every time you meet, you'll get 10 more social credits. And then guess what? Once you get enough social credits, you'll be able to go out past 8 p.m. But in until you get enough credits, you're going to have to stay at home till 8 p.m. till 8 a.m. Because that is what's going to happen. Because our own government wants to do this. And this is already happening. You don't want to hear about China. They're hiding China. So our biggest threat is within our own freaking government. So what you need to do is you need to go get a gun. And you need to realize you're going to have to protect yourself. Because if they put in martial law, what they're going to do is all this defund the police is a scam. That's in order to put it. That's all done so they can do the contact tracing. So they can do the facial recognition cameras. That's all that's done for. So they can do the drone surveillance. So literally our biggest threat is ourselves and the people that are going along with it, Sandra. And what's going to make my channel different is I want to talk about taboo subjects. Like like, like Nate, one of his best interviews, is he, he interviewed Wolfgang Halbig, who's the Sandy Hook truther, who is a literally a school shooting expert. And they totally uh, uh, criminalized him, put him in jail. This guy's an 84-year-old man. He's an old man. He can barely walk or talk. I mean, he can't talk. He's a smart. I'm just saying he's just an old man. He doesn't deserve to be going through any of this legal trouble. And so that's what the kind of society we're in. If you're a whistleblower, you're Julian Assange, you go to jail, even though Barack Obama said he's going to protect whistleblowers. So our own freaking – there's a book. You are much more likely to be a victim of your own government than a foreign government. And that's, what hap- that's what's happening. So you need to wake up. Big brothers come. In 1984 is here when they're arguing racist pancake syrup, Sandra. We are toast. We are in the toaster, babe. All they got to do is put butter on us and eat us. We are in, literally in their toaster oven. So we got to wake up. We got to take our, our, our minds back. We got to try to deprogram from their engineering. And you got to, you know, just be woke because – Nate, I don't know if you agree with this, but I'm just saying uh, we are in a dire times when, when the pancake syrup is, is racist. Yeah, right. Right. So your channel, I just want to, I want to ask the same question. So what are you, are, um, are, what, are you going to have guests on there? Is that what you, yeah, I've had a lot of guests. I've had great guests, Dr. Day. And then also, uh, and Dr. Day's a cancer survivor. She's 83 years old and she, uh, is just the most incredible woman. You need to look up that interview, Dr. Day. She is a longevity expert. Uh, her her grandfather was in the Illum- or was in a thirty third degree Freemason. She's just really connected, and she she's dialed into truth. So, and she's an expert. Uh, she's a trauma surgeon, so she was an expert in uh, saying all the injuries at the Boston bombing were a joke because you couldn't lose both their legs, and they'd be put in a wheelchair without bleeding out. So mm. she's really interesting to say the least. And then also, I have a I've had a guest a couple times, a guy named uh, Bishop Larry Gators, who's a black boule aluminum expert because what you don't realize is there's a, a black secret society that the 13 families uh, created the Illuminati with Adam Weishaub and uh, with the 13 Ivy League schools well then they had to create a uh, one for blacks so they created what they called uh, uh, a group to protect 
the Illuminati. And so, so we go into that. We go into Kobe Bryant's death. Yeah, I, interviews are, I think that's really what I want to do is interview interesting people like Wolfgang. Like, talk about that. Talk about your interview with Wolfgang, Nate. Uh, well, you know, I just feel blessed that I had the opportunity to interview him three or four times, um, you know, because he's a really he has a credible background to be talking about the things he's talking about. And he has a lot of questions that nobody's really answered. And then beyond that, you know, for me and what we like to, what we want to do with this show is bring on people that are censored, you know, that uh, like, I believe no matter what, uh, even if Sandy hook is real, I believe he has the right to his opinion without being censored, without being banned, and certainly without being arrested. And I did my best to, I wanted to see if I could get him to be the first guest on our show, but he said, his attorney says he can't do any interviews. So we got David Icke, so that's cool anyway. um, But yeah, he's my, I, you know, I really like the guy and, you know, like I said, I feel really lucky I've been able to have him on the show. So let me jump. We have a bunch of calls, so I'm just going to take another call. I like that answer, Sandra. All right. Um, Roger, you're on the air. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm listening. And uh, um, Nate and Alan, it, it's, uh, uh, it's a uh, question I, in my mind is uh, that it's such a big disaster that there's somebody, more than a couple of people had to be involved in this. And uh, trying to blame it on the uh, Arabs in the school flight training in Florida is too small. Um, but uh, I remember someone saying and during that time uh, that just uh, six months before that in Edwards Air Base in California, that they had, uh, Air Force had tested a, uh, I think it was a, 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 a uh, uh, 237 on that airplane uh, that Boeing makes uh, and uh, with remote control and uh, they had taken off and landed with that. So I think um, that uh, yeah, that the people uh, errors were they're flipped if you know in uh, the language of uh, spy and flip what that means and uh, they got on the plane and then the, the remote control ran it into the building mm-hmm. yeah i used to think it was drones and i heard a little bit about that thanks caller uh is that everything yeah. all right thanks so um, much well yes it is i had i have something uh they uh because i watched them build those buildings i just had an internal um, belief that they just couldn't come down that way right Right. Well, now they've determined they did, you know, the University of Alaska at Fairbanks did their own study and they said the buildings could not have collapsed due to fire. And I'm pretty sure it was explosives too. Anyway, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Well, Um, one thing, Nate, I want to say, well, yeah, you know, loose change, I think covered it, but they have the technology where they can take over an airplane and control it from the ground like a drone. And they don't want to tell us that because then we know they could crash it. But but they, they're going to give it to us under the guise that they can protect you. If both the pilots have a heart attack, then we can land you on the ground. But really, it can be used for more sinister stuff. So that's why that's not uh, openly talked about. Right, right. All right. So uh, like I said, lots of calls. Let's go ahead and talk to Jeremy. You're on the air. You're on Midnight in the Desert. What's up, sir? Hey, what's up? 
Um, I wanted to say, man, uh, it's rarely I hear somebody that I agree like almost a hundred percent with, but your guest is is spot on so far. And I got a few things I wanted to see what you thought about it. Um, okay, like we know that that the media is lying to us, like just about on everything. Like even Fox News, they're like everything, everything, Jeremy. I'm not cutting you off. They're, they're lying to us a hundred percent. But go ahead. Okay, um, like the oh. They'll tell us the uh, opium's pouring in from China, but um, but we're in Afghanistan for 20 years guarding the poppy fields. We're the ones. Let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. It's not the opium coming from China. It's the fentanyl. It's the designer drug. They they, they got these labs in, in China where they can make fentanyl and then they can add one compound to the chemical and then they can legally import it into the United States. You can go on multiple websites and buy that. They want to poison us. China is purposely putting bad fentanyl, but I'm not saying, Jeremy, you're on my side. I'm saying the people don't realize that China is literally sending bad fentanyl over here to poison us from inside out. The opium fields in Africa. Afghanistan, we protected all those poppies. The, the, the United States or the Iran Contra, we sold drugs. We brought in from Nicaraguan rebels. We brought in cocaine and sold them during the Iran Contra. You can see the movie American Made starring Tom Cruise will tell you all about it. So we, the CIA, is in the drug business. The reason why is because that's what funds their black ops. That's what funds that's what funds their operations that they can't get funding for. So sorry, go ahead. I'm just I just you know when you start saying stuff, I gotta I gotta keep going. But yeah, keep going, Jeremy. You're great questions. Right. Oh yeah, I just and I also wanted to see what you thought about this because I heard about you earlier talking about how they're playing, hiding in plain sight and they're just laughing at us. Well, I mean, to me, I believe the whole plan is on the walls at the Denver International Airport. No, you're a hundred percent right. That that and, and those four, the uh, what we're talking about. If you're listening in Denver Airport, they have some appalling art. These four uh, pieces of art depict the apocalypse. They show they show uh, uh, children, and then they also show uh, soldiers holding bayonets and and AK-47s while also wearing gas masks. And then the next painting is. is hey, I uh, believe that soldier. I believe that soldier represents uh, COVID nineteen. Well, no crap. Why would he have a gas mask on? Well, he probably didn't represent COVID-19. COVID-19's bunk. This is just the flu. The test that they use, the CDC even says that it tests for just the coronavirus, all strains of it, all other 19 strains. So you can have a common cold, have the sniffles, and test positive for it. So the tests are bunk. You can go get a papaya and test it. It comes up positive. So so those tests are bull crap. Unless you and I can test it, then it's bunk. But, but go ahead. Sorry. Did you notice how in the pictures – the children um, of the world, uh, after after it shows the soldier with his sword going over him, it, in the in the next pictures it does not show black people in the pictures. Well, so, I didn't know that. That that makes a lot of sense because that, I'm hey, thinking they're trying to do the same thing that they did in Germany to the blacks in America through this division. Jeremy, you're too late. There's a guy named No, Jeremy, you're too late. There's a guy named Billy Gates. He's been doing eugenics eugenics for a long time now. His dad was a uh, eugenicist. He's a second generation eugenicist. He's in Africa. Uh, they're trying to kill blacks uh, constantly. You're too late. Of course, they're not going to have blacks in the new new world order. They don't want blacks because blacks. Uh, it, it's like their only threat because 
I'm just telling you, they're their most easily influenced and they're their biggest target. So that's why they feel like they can take them out because they feel like they're weak. And that's what's going on with society. When you look at that painting and they do that, that's not done on purpose. Think about how much freaking thought went into that freaking painting. And on top of that, you know that Denver airport has a huge underground supposed military base under it because the airport was built. Uh, uh, it was over like $600 million over budget. And then the, uh, 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 it was dedicated by some weird Freemasons. It's just the, that whole Denver thing is, is what they want. This is what they want, the New World Order. We're not wrong. They've been talking about this forever. It's just we're on the tipping point. That's what's so scary about right now, Jeremy. Yes, sir, man. I agree, man, 100%, man. And, you know, our forefathers fought over a T-tax. We can't drive, you know, everything. We're taxed on everything. Everything's a license to hunt and fish. Jeremy, it's bullcrap. I got to pay a fee at the DMV for, for admissions on my years ago. Hey, all right. All right. All right. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Jeremy. Um, I am going to move on to the next caller. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Hey, all right. And try not to interrupt the callers too much so they can get out what they're trying to say. You're so excitable. Yeah. Does anybody ever tell you that? Uh, uh, duh. Yeah. Yeah. I get that a lot. Nate. I'm very excited. I just, when they start going, I just like talking about this stuff because I, I like a freak. I do hours and hours of research. So when I can actually talk about it, I feel like a, 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 a cat out of its cage, a tiger out of its cage, like the tiger King. Right. Like the tiger King. All right. All right. Let's uh, take another caller. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you're listening on the radio, we are taking calls. And that is at 844-912-1333. Speaking of 33, 844-912-1333. 1333. Not just 33, 1333. And it's 912. Imagine if it's 911-1333. That's the most occultic number you could have for a phone number. If it was 911-1333. But I digress. You're killing me. All right. We have another caller. I I don't see your name there. But go ahead. 606. You're on the air. It's Will. Hey, Will. What's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, I just wanted to start by saying uh, my condolences over Doshi, by the way. Oh, thanks. You uh, knew you knew Doshi when he was around? I'm sorry? Did you know Doshi when he was around? I mean, were you watching the show and you used to see him oh, back yeah. there and everything? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Doshi oh, was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate he it. He lived forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to uh, address one thing. And, and let me say, this guest is amazing, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you. I wanted to say one thing uh, earlier was speaking about the Jews and things. Um, the thing with the Third Temple, you hear a lot about that nowadays. Uh, this Third Temple thing is not going to work out for them because they lost the Aaronic uh, priesthood. And so it's impossible for them to continue with the third temple as much as they want. They might lie to the people and tell them that, uh, yeah, we're going to do a third temple. But uh, even in their own uh, doctrines and things of the, uh, the Torah and all that, they can't they can't possibly pull it off because they no longer have the, the priesthood of Aaron. Uh, secondly, I wanted to address this uh, is the fentanyl uh, conspiracy? Uh, China said it in a in a uh, news article a few months before the COVID nineteen thing happened. I, I hope I didn't use that word wrong here. 
if I wasn't supposed to use it, I apologize. Oh, we can say anything but, we uh, want, actually. Okay, okay, cool. All right, cool. Uh, just wanted to say that they they threatened the U.S. with fentanyl in a, in an article I read before this even happened with COVID nineteen that they could take us out with fentanyl uh, by dropping it over our mainland. And um, the third thing I wanted to uh, throw at your your guess is um, has, have you heard anything about Joseph Hallett, the guy that's proclaiming himself to be the new king of England? And maybe I missed something earlier in the show about, I don't know if anybody else had mentioned this guy, but he, he's like proclaiming himself to be like, he's saying that there were two Jesuses and that he came from one of them and his lineage leads down to the new king. And I just wanted to know if you knew anything about that and appreciate your time. Thank you. Hey, thanks for the hey, call. Nice, nice call. Well, uh, you know, my question on the queen deal is I know that um, she has been charged in the common law court in Canada for a bunch of crimes against children. Now that that court doesn't mean anything, but supposedly because of that, that's given them an excuse to defrock her. And so supposedly she sat on the, uh, she sat on her throne without the crown and she, she wore uh, street clothes instead of her, you know, Royal um, accoutrement. And so because of that, that's what they say. This John guy is going to take over, but I don't know. The Royal family is a bunch of, that's like mental masturbation guys that they're so fake if you want to look in the royal family look about how, uh, look about how they killed princess diana because they didn't want her to have a baby at dodi fayad because they couldn't mix their bloodline with some sort of muslim guy's bloodline because they're freaking luciferian uh, lizard people like david ike likes to say and you know i don't know if they're really lizard people but they have some serious weird bloodline so the fact that his bloodlines to jesus i don't know if that's true because they say uh, the queens is to muhammad and that just sounds like bull crap you know that's just another crap they give us they shovel crap in our face and tell us to like it um you know and i and the, the royal family that's all just a psyop uh they, she doesn't have any control that that place is a basically a communist country at this point all right i think you got it great all right this is an exciting call there's one word here that's letting me know what the subject is so we're going to go ahead and get ready to talk about yes sir 209 you're on the air with me and alex sign what's going on what's on your mind this guy's got base energy. Like, does this guy do debate? Do you do debates, sir? I haven't yet. I mean, I, I, the thing is, the reason why a debate's not uh, really that intriguing to me, it, when you debate somebody, it's not my job to convince them of something. I can show you tons of evidence. There's, there's constant evidence to society, and they choose not to look at it. You don't understand. The social engineering can be so deep that you can be so hardwired that anything I say, I can't rewire you. I can't fix you. So it's, oh, it's, it's, of, course, of course, debates are not always about convincing the person. It's more performative for the audience. But that's not my question i i I, you said you're going to talk about taboo topics on your show so let's talk the holocaust what are your thoughts what you know where where do you put the number why do you think it's important to talk about it thank you and i'll uh let you take the call i'll I'll keep you on hold so you can hear the answer okay you first alex well you know the holocaust anything we get through the holocaust is going to be phony baloney like uh, uh i'm not saying that people didn't die people for sure died um but when it comes down to this At the end of the day, after World War II, uh, I believe Hitler did not die in a bunker. I believe that he went to Brazil. 
And then we did Operation Paperclip. We brought in all these uh, uh, Nazi scientists. And, and you hear these stories of Joseph Mengele sewing kids together. So what I'm saying is if what they did was this bad, I don't know if they would have brought the people over. So there's some sort of conflicting evidence is what I'm saying is, yeah, or did they kill some people for sure? I don't know what happened. I don't know the extent of it. But uh, if they say what they did and they still brought these uh, uh, Warner Von Braun over, they still brought the OSS over, then I don't know what to tell you. Then we know that Satan is ruling the world. I know that. That's the answer to that. I'd like to hear your opinion, Nate. Ah, guess what? I got saved by the commercial. So I will maybe talk about it a little bit when we get back. If people want to hear about it, I've gotten in trouble actually talking about it before. Might've gotten banned from PayPal for it. It's hard to say. So we can go ahead and talk about it because we talk about anything on this network, the dark matter digital network. You're listening to the new midnight in the desert with me, Nathan Solman, Jaron on boards and Alex Stein is our guest right now. Conspiracy castle. And we'll be right back. Okay, here I am. I was actually talking to myself in the break a little bit because I forgot about that thing called the mute button. We're back. We're back with a pretty exciting guest. I mean, I think people are pumped up. He's got a cat and everything. His name's Alex Stein. He's a little bit Jewish, but he just said, actually, I took note. He said that everything about the Holocaust is phony baloney, I believe he said. So that's, that's pretty controversial. And he, But then he, he, he kind of you know, clarified exactly what he meant about that. As far as me, you know, if you want to look into why people say that the Holocaust, you know, isn't exactly what they tell us it is, there's a great long article um, by Ron Unz, who's an American Jew who looked into Holocaust denial and he read a lot of books and everything and saw what people said. And I just have a quote from that article um, which is a quote, and this has to do, you know, there are the gas chambers, the six million, you know, a couple of those things, you know, you'll hear people talk about the gas chambers and the six million. Some people don't think those things, you know, necessarily are, are things. And maybe historically, also, people didn't think those things were things. And maybe nobody talked about six million Jews dying in the Holocaust until like, the 70s, maybe. But I'm just going to read you a a quote here. This is from uh, Robert Forreston, a French academic, uh, made this note, okay? Three of the best-known works on the Second World War are General Eisenhower's Crusade in Europe, Winston Churchill's The Second World War, and The Memoir de Guerre by Charles de Gaulle. In these three works, not the least mention of Nazi gas chambers is to be found. Eisenhower's Crusade in Europe is a book of 559 pages. The six volumes of Churchill's Second World War total 4,448 pages. And de Gaulle's three-volume Memoir de Guerre is 2,054 pages. In this mass of writing, which altogether totals 7,061 pages, published from 1948 to 1959, one will find no mention of Nazi gas chambers, a genocide of the Jews or of 6 million Jewish victims of the war. So I think that's pretty interesting information. If it's true, I'm reading it from this article. I assume that it's uh, fact checked. You know, if those three guys wrote all about the war and they didn't mention once that a bunch of uh, Jews were genocided, I think that's pretty interesting. And I think, you know, I think because of things like that, people can legitimately have questions without 
being anti-Semitic. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with the Jews. And in fact, you know, they did terrible experiments on Jews. I mean, Jews were totally terrorized during the Holocaust. I think they were definitely Hitler's least favorite group of people. And, uh, you know, it was not cool or fun or anything like it to be a Jew in Hitler's Germany. And I totally am not a, uh, like, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, you know, they got it all wrong about Hitler. You know, he was great. The economic miracle, all this stuff. I'm not that guy. Um, But I have questions about things that, you know, are broadly accepted as facts, you know, because look, you know, there's the shape of the earth. There's, you know, there are all kinds of things that we're told over and over again. And we're shown movies over and over again that say one thing happened. And here we're finding out that sometimes those things really didn't happen the way they said. So that's what I have to say about it. Uh, we are, you know, that's what uh, our, my producer promised me when he signed me up for this show. He said, we are the no gatekeeper network. We want to talk about everything. So there, we talked about the Holocaust. Okay. Just don't ask us again. We don't want to get in any more trouble. All right. Let's take another call. We have callers calling in. If you want to try to sneak in before the end of the show, this is our last half hour. You can dial 844-912- 1333, and I am going to go to um, 864. You're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Doing great, thanks. How are you doing tonight? Not bad, not bad. Uh, in the chat, I'm, I'm Bane Bear 2020. Uh, I'll start with the normal formalities. I like your show. Uh, I just started following you recently, so I came in at the tail end of Doshi. Oh, okay. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear about that. Thank you. And your guest is right on and, and high energy and I get it. He's excited. He said, you know, he's a more excitable version of me where you do hours of research and then like you get around friends or family or on a phone call and you'll get so excited and so amped up about it. And, uh, but, but I do appreciate your show. I do appreciate what you do. Um, and out of respect, obviously, you asked not to mention the Holocaust no. thing. I, I want to bring that up. And you, what mentioned everything, you mentioned everything good about it with the books. With All the books, right. you covered everything. You, okay. that, that, you, told, you totally stole my thunder with the books. So okay, we'll cool. pass that. Cool. But um, to more topical events, with the, with the whole Denver Airport thing and all that, yeah, I, I, I can see there's a lot of conspiracy there, especially with Lucifer, the blue horse statue in the front that actually killed its sculptor and his yeah. son had to finish it and still put it up, which is creepy beyond belief. But I used to live out there in Colorado, and there are all kinds of different conspiracy theories about what's going on. And what I really think it boils down to, whether no matter the conspiracy theorist, if you're a, if you're a blue-blooded American, like... Like, yeah, I'll bleed to keep the stripes red on the flag. Like, you're an American-American? Then I think you have to boil things down to what they are. Like, just as an example, the George Floyd thing. If you take that situation and boil it down to what its actual essence is, its actual essence is a man needlessly died at the hands of another man. And that's basically what it is if you boil it down to its root element, right? Yes, I agree with that. So, so with that in mind, when I have friends that are completely spurging out and they're like, oh, China's coming for us and the COVID and the, the mass and the, and the uh, uh, or even acquaintances, I always have two questions. 
And they're very, very simple questions that normal people can answer. And the questions are, when was the last time you jerked off to porn and how many kids do you have? And if you can't answer those questions honestly while looking me in the eye, then the fear already owns you. You want to be a good American? Grow a family. Grow. Wait, dude, dude, time out. You go around asking people. Link us together. Dude, dude, slow down. I love everything you just said, but you go around and ask people when the last time they masturbated. You're kidding me. No, the, the ones that are spurting out, or that are freaking out, because these are the, the, the people. Wait, slow, down, slow down, slow down. We're going to dissect this, dude. Hold Thank on. You. I have to explain. I have to explain something, though. You're, you said you're a bear, right? Yeah. Okay. So he's influenced by someone called Owen Benjamin. No, I know, Owen, and I don't think masturbation is good. He talks I just- about masturbating all the time and basically talks about dicks a lot. Which is fine, but I just I'm just more curious. You're missing the tree for the forest. Oh, sorry. The, the, I did. Uh, I just heard the masturbation question. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Who okay, talks but, about? But but think, think of it, it's okay. Think of it this way, like with the whole mask thing, like uh, having someone say, you know, you have to wear a mask. If I say, well, I don't believe in that. I think masks are just for perverts and criminals. Which one are you? All of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. But if someone's spurging out and I ask a question, how many kids do you have? And they're like, none. And I'm like, well, how, how, do you, how do you plan to prosper in the future of America if you're too busy looking into conspiracy theorists and being scared and having, you know, a cortisol addiction and wearing a mask on your face with rubber gloves for something that's seasonal that happens anyways? It's the sniffles. And obviously, let me just throw this out there. Allegedly, 125 or 1.25 million people worldwide have died from COVID. Name one person. No one came up with an actual name of someone that's under 50 that was healthy, got it, and died. Not someone that was older, not someone that had pre-existing conditions. The flu kills people with bad health and that are old every year. Right, right. Not as fast as, as this, but that's all right. I know that's a popular opinion. Yeah, there are names of people. It's in the newspaper. I mean, people say that, and I know people. People called in my show, like I had a guy that called in my show, his co-worker died, or, you know, or his co-worker's wife died of it. It happens. You know, it happens to, like, minorities more than it happens to white people. Um, and, yes, people have pre-existing conditions, but people don't die of diabetes typically, you know, like that fast. So, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so it's not gotcha. actually the sniffles and stuff. And actually there are a lot of people in the hospital who are under 35 years old right now. Just letting you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, well when I originally called uh, and I was listening to the show as I was, I was, I was waiting that the first guy that was going off about the whole China and the, they're putting bad fentanyl in and purpose and this and that and the other, he'd be one of those guys that asked the question, how many kids do you have? And if the answer is zero, well, then what, what are you really actually physically doing to perpetuate the future of America? Like, do you want to raise good children? Do you have any children that you can raise? Because if you're not replacing yourself with at least one or two more people, then it's, you, you're, you're just sitting there screaming to other people that have kids, and they're like, why, why, why don't you have kids? And it's one of those things I just, I just think that if people – the first call you had, they were saying, oh, they're giving us bad fentanyl. That's like saying they're giving us bad rat poison to mix with our heroin. There's no good fentanyl. Fentanyl is a useless drug. It's just for fucking you up. That's all it's for. All right? 
that that oh, guy right. would be one of those questions that I asked, how many kids do you have? And he would probably say none. And I'd be like, why are you so worried about what China's doing? China is at least having one kid per family. Right. I got it. All right, cool. We'll ask him okay, if, well, he's, if he's going to have kids. All right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right. So um, you, hopefully you know the right answer to this question. But- I, I don't have any kids. This guy's oh, a pro. That's it. I respect uh, that. I respect him a lot for him uh, spreading his seed. And I will spread mine. I just haven't uh, yet. Right. Well, you know what, though? I met my, I met my wife. Oh, go ahead, Jaron. I think you, you also met your wife by being a truther, right? No, you, no not met her by being a truther, no. Oh, I'm it's sorry. Truth together. You she showed him to the flat earth. You were jumping in. What did you have to say? No, I was just saying he said he's going to spread his seed. I said, yeah, you got to find the girl first. You know? yeah, exactly. No, I, don't. Well, I was telling him how. You know what? Like, People, there are going to be girls that really like you based on your show, just because you're a celebrity. The only thing yeah. is, some of them might not be real, you know, actually, which happened to me. So actually, let me give you like a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like I was um, almost yeah. trolled to death. And yeah, part of it involved catfishing. And then like a psyop that ran through that person and other people were involved and stuff. And so be very careful. How how much did you get any money from you, Nate? No, no. Thankfully, it was more about trying to like destroy my mind and stuff, uh, which I was dealing with like satanic cults at the time. It had to be somebody that knew you then. Um, no, no, it, it wasn't somebody who knew. Well, anyway, I was dealing with a satanic cult. They were, uh, or allegedly in Hampstead, this Hampstead case, and the people that are involved with it got angry at me and started working with pe- some people around me. They've already admitted this is true and everything, so it's not like I'm not making up a crazy story. But yeah, anyway, be careful. But on the other hand, you may meet some people who are into what you're saying. So, you know, it might happen for you. And what, and well, what do you think? I mean, is that... It's not like I haven't met a girl. I just haven't met a girl that I've married yet. And trust me, I'm going to be have a bunch of babies. I'm going to have a whole freaking football team. I'm going to have a starting five NBA roster of children. So that uh, that is definitely in the plans. But, you know, it's and all then when Sorry, when was the last time you masturbated? I didn't hear the answer. Oh, you know, honestly, I can't tell you the last time I masturbated because I am under the Owen Benjamin. I don't look at porn. Uh, uh, but... That's well, you can wait. Some people don't realize. Like well, the there is, was a I time had before sex, porn. Had sex recently, so you I have, haven't had to. <laughs> you remember before pornography, you actually had to masturbate to your like imagine spank bank, dude. Are you kidding? I got a master spank bank, Nate. I when I was a kid, are you kidding? We used to rip off sheets from Playboy. They were all stuck together under my bed, under my pillow. Dude, now these kids that's a that's a, oh getting serious. That's the problem, Nate. They made porn all free so accessible because they want to sexualize our children. Literally kids now are getting groomed on Twitter at 15 and 14 to immediately start an OnlyFans at 18. There's a whole that's that's literally the psyop. The porn is the Style. It was good when you could just find a picture and it was a girl's titty and the page was half ripped and you could only see a nipple and you kind of had it, or, or when you'd see it blurry on your TV on a Howard Stern show and you'd squint one eye and try to make it look real. That was pure. That was good, clean cranking it. But now <laughs> they've adulterated the crank and now it is just a nasty, dirty thing. After you crank it, you, you release your seed, you feel like scum. You're, you're watching all this pornography where they're just abusing these 18 year old children. I mean, they're literally uh, uh, raping them. I mean, they're grooming them before they're 18. 
2018 to go on these uh, amateur websites. Uh, you can watch uh, Hot Girls Wanted, a documentary on Netflix all about it. These girls only last in the industry a month. They get screwed by a bunch of guys. I mean, it, it's really a disgusting thing, and it's ran by a bunch of evil people. So, yeah, I'm not some pro-porno guy, but, you know, uh, uh, I can't tell you the last time I cranked it. But that, that is a little of an unsettling question to go around asking men when the last time they masturbated. But I, I, if, you, if it's part of your ethos, dude, go do it. I, I, I respect it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you got to know where he's coming from. I mean, if you tune into that show, you'd think that that was like all people talked about was <laughs> porn and masturbation and dicks and stuff. So I understand where he's coming from. I just had to get the angle. Okay, we're going to try to get all the calls. We have another little less than 10 minutes. So let's see if this is interesting. Uh, 616 area code, you are on the air. Good. Uh, Colin, uh, Colin, say sorry. Uh, sorry to hear about Doshi. Thank you. Uh, that's a major bummer. Yes. And my condolences for that. Um, but I was interested in all your guys' uh, – well, I already mostly know your opinion on the subject, but uh, maybe Jaren and Alex. Um opinion on veganism and speciesism and like maybe like the real Holocaust that's going on with the slaughtering of by the billions needlessly of innocent animals and uh, whether or not these individuals, you know, have a moral compass that, you know, is within the scale of just giving basic respect to animals. So All right. I'm interested to hear what this Great. excited dude gonna say thanks for the call let me just say this it's fair it's really funny this guy is like basically a militant vegan by the way he calls into my show a lot and it's it's always how can and and i'm a vegetarian so i'll tell you guys how i feel i'm vegetarian but i love eggs i love cheese and i don't see anything really that raw you know that harmful to animals about it although i know there's the impregnation and there's the you know there's ways there's the industrial farming of milk and everything so i get it i get it um but anyway just to know where he's coming from he's pretty serious about it anyway that's interesting you said you're a vegetarian yeah, well, I'm dialed in, guys. I stopped uh, over the last year. I stopped eating meat, and it changed my entire life. It was the biggest thing I could do for my mental health because when you eat the meat, you're eating these these fear based animals. You're eating their adrenal chrome. Your adrenal chrome that Hillary Clinton likes to get from children, you're getting that from the cow, the steer. So what you're what's happening is is you're building your the amino acids from that meat are, are what your body uses to make the building blocks of protein, which actually create the muscles in your body. So when you build those building blocks off the fear of a dead cow or a dead chicken that's been gutted by the same utensil and that's covered in its own feces and that literally if you walked into a slaughterhouse you'd probably go outside and get a gun and blow your brains out you have to be a sick person to even look at a video like that so that's what's going on they're killing these animals these poor animals and they they try to make you feel not guilty about it but at the end of the day there's a lot of guilt and with me is 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 i'm a vegetarian and i don't eat eggs because i I just i don't want to eat eggs and the one thing i don't drink milk but i do eat cheese because i i I, I eat pizza almost every other day, and I love it. I'm in great shape. That's a good thing. And I eat a lot of, like, uh, um, what I'm saying is I don't eat any meat, any eggs, any fish, anything like that. But my one thing I'll eat is I'll eat cheese. Um, 
But because I feel like at that point it's so adulterated, I'm not building my body on fear. And I think that anybody that's out there that doesn't feel good, um, you really should look into a plant-based diet because your digestion will change overnight. Because carbohydrates and the, and the vegetables, they can eject from your colon in, in about six to eight hours. But when you eat meat, you're going from 12 to 72 hours of digestion. So once you get plant-based and you stay on it, it's not going to work if you only do it a couple of days. You got to get some momentum. You got to to go into it you got it you need 90 days but you'll you'll notice differences after about two weeks but i'm saying after 90 days your mental health will be better you will not have low vibrations you'll be vibrating at a higher frequency so your your body as an antenna and energetic being will be giving off better vibes because you won't have all that fear all that animal cow adrenal chrome adrenochrome in your brain so this is a i'm just telling you anybody out there that's suffering with mental health and, and, and first thing you have to do is not drink alcohol if you're suffering from any sort of mental health depression you're never going to heal your your brain by constantly drinking alcohol and giving yourself brain trauma. But if you've gotten that dialed in and you guys still don't feel good, you got to go plant-based. It's probably the most important thing I've ever done. And I will never eat meat. Meat now disgusts me because my stomach will not be a graveyard for dead animals. Okay. And Jaron, I'll go ahead and get you in on this one. Yeah. And well said. And, you know, I've been hearing everybody talk about it and it's been a big topic for you know years now and ever since I got into the truth and it definitely has, you know, changed my mind. I'm still a loser, but I'm actually taking the steps um, because I see the point. I really do. And, uh, you know, I see why the movement is getting big and I totally agree with it. So I'm still eating turkey sandwiches. I still love fish, uh, but I don't drink milk. I don't, I don't like dairy really anyway. Um, but we, you know, we drink a protein shake like, um, fruits, vegetables in the morning. I love to eat salads, fruit and vegetables. We love to grow our own food. These things have really taken off, but I got to still a couple things I got to, you know, got left. And like I told people before, you have to take these changes one thing at a time because it's overwhelming to hear it all at once. So, you know, getting rid of the fluoridated water was first. Uh, I haven't taken a pill of any kind in, in over two years. You know, those are the kind of steps I'm taking to uh, get healthier and it's really helping. So, you know, the next one, should be because yeah uh anytime you see if you just go see what they do to these chickens if i saw what they did to turkeys uh, and i purposely won't watch it because i know i don't want to see it so i you know i understand the argument and i agree with the movement completely i think and and jaron the elevated bed i learned that from you that's a big thing talk about that absolutely yeah if you're not sleeping with an elevated bed uh you know i think that it really will help you if i had lower back pain i was waking up every morning not with like oh debilitating pain but uh, enough that I knew it was there. And, you know, somebody told me, Hey, do you also snore? I said, yeah, I snore. My wife wears your, you know, ear, ear plugs at night. And they said, just elevate your bed. Because when, you know, what do you have a king size? I said, yeah, they said, put it up eight inches. Uh, we found two cinder blocks, which are eight inches tall. Right. And cinder blocks are about 85 cents to home Depot. We put them underneath the head of our bed, the two legs. And that night I stopped snoring and I, you know, woke up within about a week or so, and no longer feel the back pain. So our bed has been elevated ever since. The only weird time, the only weird thing about it is about that first week, you will be sliding down a little bit. You'll maybe wake up and be halfway down the bed because you oh, kind of, you And when you say elevate, you mean the the head portion, right? Like, yeah, yeah. if you have trouble snoring or if you have acid reflux. Yeah. Also, I remember I some my I had a doctor that thought I had acid reflux, and they said the same thing. You can just elevate the part where your head is not the I was wondering if you were talking about the whole bed and sleeping your no just the head and it's not not the same as you know those beds maybe the craftmatic bed that kind of just bends up at the top it's not that you want basically a five degree angle of Mm -hmm. so you want the head of the bed to be five degrees above 
the body. And what's, what's so good about it is the gravity makes your digestive system digest. So the, after the first day I did it, Jaren, I took the biggest number two. I think that next morning after sleeping like that, I'm telling you, I probably number two out some stuff that's been in there years. The gravity just helps it. Great. All right. Great. Well, I'm glad we're going to wrap up the show that way. Uh, Jaren. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, our commercials actually are are about pooping too. And then we had um, John McAfee talking about pooping, one of the first things. So why not end the show that way? I figure, Jaron, um, you are also a new member of this network, right? They're rebroadcasting Globebusters. Why don't you tell people when you're going to be on the air here? Uh, yeah, they're restreaming the show. So, I mean, you know, the best place to find it is still, uh, you know, dlive.com tv slash globusters hyphen fe uh, globusters is taking a little break because the host is off so right now we've been doing the show on my channel jaronism so you can find it there and i guess uh yeah the, the channel is going to be restreaming it for now or uh, dark matter radio yeah it's gonna that's what we're plugging the radio so what time is it sundays from noon to sundays from noon to three usually noon pacific, pacific time pacific time three to six Eastern time and go ahead, Alex. You're on the air on Sundays too. I, I'm on the I'm on the air Sundays, 11 to 12, right before Globusters. It's an honor to open up for them. Uh, and you know we're going to talk about a lot of the same thing. We're talking about the shape of the earth. We're going to talk about the Illuminati. Talk about the New World Order. Uh, and we're going to try to talk about taboo. Not try. We are going to talk about taboo subjects that aren't allowed and that are censored on YouTube because we have a platform where we can say uh, the things that aren't allowed to be said by the current Chicoms. Great. And um, by the way, you guys would never believe tomorrow night, everybody, Roger Stone, who's reporting to jail in about two weeks. So we're going to go ahead and ask him questions. We'll see if he's willing to talk about some old ass too. We have some questions about people he hung out with and Donald Trump and stuff that we'd love to ask him if he's not too focused on um, just being the end of his life and going to jail and stuff. So anyway, that's happening. We're about to go to music for commercials. Thanks everybody for tuning in. This is the mid new midnight in the desert with me, Nathan Stolman. We had on John McAfee and Alex Stein epic show. Tune in tomorrow night, midnight Eastern. We'll see you there. Shooting stars.